Hey, how's it going, everyone? Um, my name is Mac, and welcome to my podcast, Happy Sad Talk Thing. Um, today is the one-year anniversary. Anniversary seems like a strange word. Today uh, marks a year since Donald Trump got elected, and um, I've been thinking a lot about that today. Um, and I know that I personally and, and everyone in the fucking world has had to think about this shit for <laughs> all every single day, you know, for the last year. And so um, I have a really interesting recording to play today. Um, I, with, I had a bunch of my friends uh, on the night of the election got together and recorded a podcast that I, that I didn't end up posting. Um, it was at the end of the day, and it was a really, really exhausting day. And I remember just lots of... Uh, super heavy conversations with people and it was a really really grim sort of vibe around school and uh just around my friends and stuff and um by the time like i i had organized this kind of get together where people could kind of talk if they were feeling scared or worried or just just a place to talk and for people to get together you know um and i remember by the time that everyone was going to get together like it was like 9 p.m. or something or 10 p.m. everyone was just like pretty crushed from the day and so it's only about five people um my one of my best friends Massimo Napoli Jensen McRae Randon Davitt Vidi Doty uh and Rachel McIntosh um all am- amazing humans some of whom have been on this podcast before um just sort of talking about how, how they're feeling you know and uh, it's interesting because we've all had this reality for the last year, and I think it's just interesting to hear what uh, some people were thinking about um, after having it only have been a reality for a day, you know? Um, so, yeah, um, I know a lot of times we talk about the fear of normalization and... Uh, the fact that Trump just is the fucking president now is just so insane. And um, I think this podcast definitely serves a, to a testament. While it, it, it's easy to dismiss it as reactionary, and it's definitely is reactionary. That's the point of it. I think it's a really interesting resource uh, in just like, you know, just how a bunch of, you know, uh, kids in their late teens, early 20s, um, probably very liberal <laughs> you know mostly art makers and creatives and and things like that um but yeah and so with, with all, all of those uh disclaimers and biases it, it's still just a bunch of human beings that witnessed a, a very eventful day in american history and we're sitting around and talking about it on the day and as we move forward um You know, it's a very emotional recording, um, and I think that that is useful. Uh, and it's also obviously, like, you know, it's not a statement, you know. This isn't something that we, we sat around and, and issued, you know. This is just a bunch of people just that were feeling a lot of stuff just talking. So um, take that take that for what it's worth, but I definitely think it's indicative of, uh, of something um, and... and, and if nothing else, it's interesting just to kind of time warp. It's just because it's been just such an eventful year, regardless of where you are on the political fence. Um, 
it's been a fucking exhausting year for a lot of people. Um, and uh, it's just crazy to think about a time like this recording was uh, one day, you know, this re- recording Obama was still president and that seems like an eternity ago. Um, and it just seems so crazy where the world is heading right now. And I, <laughs> I know a lot of us are just like, what the fuck is my place as an individual in this crazy time? Um, and a lot of people are like, oh, it's, it's not that crazy. It's always been this crazy. And I'm like, I don't know, man. There's a mat. There's an there's an insane, insane person in the White House, you know, um, who's a fucking rapist, you know, <laughs> and that's just that's just insane, you know. Not to mention a fucking bully and a thief and all these things. And I'm, it's interesting. I think in the beginning of this podcast, I say I'm not a political person. A year ago, and if anything has happened in the last year, I have been severely politicized um out of necessity and i think it's really awoken a lot of people in my generation up to like damn man if i if i'm not active about my uh consumption of information then this whole fucking thing is just gonna happen and and roll right over me and roll right over us you know and the 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 fuckers are gonna win (laughs) You know, so I mean, I personally am a big fan of the NPR politics podcast. In the last year, it's been an invaluable resource for me um, because it's just, you know, it's an incredible way to get political news from people that are in Washington and people that have a sense of historical precedence and uh, can help explain really complicated it kind of takes the despair out of it for me, you know, and just it's so fascinating to to see what they are sort of interested in and what they're sort of like uninterested in or like less surprised by. And so I don't know. I urge you, whoever you are, wherever you are, to, to question your sources of information. And I think that's one thing that we're learning as a country is just like, damn, like, uh, where are we getting our information from, you guys? And uh, I'm not saying you have to get your information where I get my information, but just uh, put some thought into it so we can have thoughtful conversations and um, hopefully cause thoughtful change in the country um, as opposed to reactionary change. Um, But yeah, it's interesting because, you know, uh, fucking right now the conversation on Wall Street is tax reform and... uh, Primarily, the Republicans want to put forward a, a, a tax plan that, that really favors corporations and lowers the corporate tax from 35% to 20%, um, which is just fucking crazy. And, and there's a really good John Oliver piece that I would also highly recommend um, where it talks about like economic incentives and things like that for corporations. You know, Basically, the idea that it will create jobs and stimulate the economy if we give these corporations tax breaks, um, you know what I'm saying, so that they can uh, have more revenue that they can reinvest, and then, you know, it'll bring jobs to those areas, and then, um, you know, the people with those jobs will make money and then spend money and stimulate the economy. Great theory. I fucking love it. Um, But it's hardly ever worked, and it's just crazy the lengths at which our government is going to bet on blind faith, Um, because corporations, they're designed to make money. You know what I'm saying? That's not, you know, that's fine. But it's just like, I think it is the responsibility of our government to realize that, like, if there is space for people to (laughs) take advantage of a system in place, then we need to change the fucking system, man. 
And there's an incredible uh, New York Times op-ed article about it's called like we need to stop perpetuating the myth that corporate tax cuts are going to fucking create more jobs because they're not and the evidence shows that they're not and something like 42 companies in the last 10 years that have like enjoyed like uh, corporate tax rates lower than 20% and have still reported profits have laid off like almost half a million workers <laughs> it's 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 always the opposite it's always corporations that take fucking uh that take the extra money and buy their own stock and inflate it so they can justify writing themselves bigger bonuses and then they end up downsizing um, but then still lobbying for the tax cuts and like of course you know of course and so I think it's the responsibility of our government to do that and it's not fucking immigrants that are taking our fucking jobs you know it's fucking corporate America that's that's uh, allowed to fucking steal you know why shouldn't they fucking pay taxes for schools and shit you know what I'm saying? And why, why, why is everyone so fucking holds like the fucking middle class and the working class so incredibly accountable, you know? And we just let these, these fucking bullies, uh, fucking walk around fucking tax, tax free or, or tax light, you know? And that, that just makes no sense, you know? Um, it's just funny the idea of like oh they they're bringing in all the revenue and everyone else is just freeloading it's just i don't know maybe that's just a classic left versus right opinion and 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 i if you have a different opinion or different evidence to show that corporate tax cuts do spawn job creation like fucking i would love to see that because i would love to believe that that were true and i would love to believe that that were going to happen and that has happened and that would just be awesome but I don't think it is true because of the evidence that I've seen, the overwhelming evidence that I've seen. Um, but I ain't no researcher. So show me shit. Send me shit. MacandCarol at gmail.com or happysadtalkthing at gmail.com or hit me up on social media. Uh, it's just another fucking, you know, there, there are more just fucking shootings that happen and things like that. And I just, it is truly insane that every time that there's a shooting, it's a white person it's like mental health like let's not talk about this right now like this is really sensitive and if it's a fucking brown person it's like terrorists like travel bans like we need legislation it's just like what (laughs) that's fucking nuts to me man you know what i'm saying like (sighs) when when the fuck are we supposed to talk about gun legislation if it's not when people are constantly dying at the hands of guns you know when when you know Uh, (laughs) let's put that on the fucking books if now is not the time can we fucking schedule a time america oh guys anyways um i hope your year we got through it you know and we got three more in this current administration um at least uh so I don't know. I think we're strong. I think we're stronger than we think we are. And uh, I remember, uh, what Obama said when um, Trump got elected was that, you know, progress is, uh, isn't always a straight line, you know? And a quote that my friend Massimo, who's in this podcast coming up, shared with me that I'll share with you uh, now is that um, it's something from like the Lemon, Lemony Snicket books or something, the series of unfortunate events. And it's like uh, talking about goodness or something like that i don't know but basically the quote is we are an an inevitable force but we don't always win we're an inevitable force we don't always win 
So uh, don't keep fighting the good fight, man. You know? Don't think that you're fucking pissing in the wind because you're not. And don't think that you're selfish for fucking trying to uh, pursue... Uh, good times with yourself and your friends and, and, and fighting for what life is really about, which is just connecting to the people around you. You know what I'm saying? It, it's fucking awesome. And there are so many people out there that are fighting for what's theirs and are fucking just taking from people and, and not questioning for a second whether or not it, it's good for the world or have had this crazy sense of what's good for the world. Um, and so I, I do really strongly believe that, um, you know, it's badass and worthwhile to cultivate happiness in, in your own life um, and spread joy to your friends and things like that. So I uh, fucking love you guys. Sorry for the despair rant, um, but hopefully there's, there's a thread of hope in there. Uh, I'm looking for it. I hope you're looking for it too. Check out uh, this podcast. Yeah. Um, I don't have any sponsors. I don't know what I was going to do. <laughs> go to Squarespace. I'm not sponsored by them. Just go to Squarespace. <laughs> All right, guys. Enjoy the podcast. Here we go. Happy sad talking. Happy sad talking. Happy sad talking. Happy sad But yeah, that was kind of what I was worried about last night, like more than anything, like aside from um, like specifically what he would do as president, just because like even with a Republican House and a Republican Senate and a Republican president, like it still takes a really long time, like just with red tape, yeah, to get stuff done. Yeah. So like even his grand plans for overturning like liberal legislation would take a long time yeah. to actually go into effect. But I was worried more than anything of just like, oh, now all of his behavior is excusable. Anything that he's yeah. ever done is fine for people, regular people to do to each other all the time. Just like a license to hate that's just been- Yeah, like uh, like the hate has always been there and like it would have been great if like we'd made more progress at eliminating it, but at least Obama's presidency made it seem like that stuff wasn't acceptable because he was, regardless of what you think of his policies, he's an extremely like moral and like respectable and composed Ooh, man. man. Classy. And yeah, like, so classy. Such a classy guy. Did you, did you see his speech today? No, but I, my mom was telling you about it. Like he he called Trump and like Damn. he's gonna like Trump is going to the White House I think tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and that was the other thing that really blew my mind that. Obama is now handing off the presidency to a man who single-handedly led a movement that, a racist movement that decreed that he was not born in the United States. And man, like even aside from that, just has consistently belittled the president and like thinks that he's unfit to do a job. And like Obama's gonna be remembered as one of the best presidents in American history. Fuck yeah, yeah. He's he's (laughs) legit as fuck. He's an incredible politician. When he didn't say a single bad thing about Donald Trump today, like he was like, it was really powerful. Like he campaigned so hard for Hillary and like part of that involved slamming Trump some of the time. And today he was like, I respect the process. Like this man won and I'm going to hand the office to him. Oh, it was crazy. And he's like, democracy is like, like, like rough and crazy and like we you know and like I don't know like the sun's still coming up and like this like we're all on the same team and, and he wants change and like yeah we all have different ideas of what progress is but we all want progress and like 
it was very like I don't know, it was very elegant and it was very mm. composed and I was like There's just so Damn. much irony about Trump being elected partially because one people are like, Oh, he's an anti establishment candidate. But Hillary won the popular well, Hillary won the popular vote and Trump's being put into office by the Electoral College, which is the establishment. Yeah. The people wanted Hillary <laughs> yeah. by a margin of like two hundred thousand votes, which isn't a huge margin, but it's still a margin. Yeah. And like the Electoral College is what's gonna put Trump in office. I know. I signed a thing on Facebook to abolish the Electoral College. I have <laughs> yeah, no idea what it means, but I typed my name in. I've been trying to do some research on that because I saw like all these various posts about how like the Electoral College doesn't officially cast their votes till December nineteenth. And there's like a way, like it's, I don't think it's ever happened in history to date, but there's a way that if you like petition the voters, they can vote against like the electorate or something. Like they can, they can change, they can change their vote basically. So like, even if like, even though Pennsylvania was projected to like go Republican, like there's a way to like convince, they can be, uh, it's called being a faithless elector where you like go against the projection. Can we learn about that in Gov? Yeah, I didn't take government, so I don't know how any of this works. I think it's just a thing. It's pretty much like no one's ever done sorry, it. Sorry, I got a four on my AP. So I'm test. just gonna shut up and let so Massimo take the lead. <laughs> I actually don't remember much, though. <laughs> yeah, same here, man. But I do remember faithless uh, elector. Yeah. And I was really hoping for a lot of those. Yeah, yeah. and it's still possible. So like, but I mean, on on the one hand, I'm like, well, maybe it's never. I mean, I hate to say this, but like, it's never happened in history. And so like, why would it happen now? Especially given the fact that a little less than 50% of the country, eligible voters didn't vote. So how are we supposed to mobilize those people to now do something that historically is unprecedented? 10,000 people voted for a dead gorilla. That's true. Also, like that's the most, that's probably the most like- Did 10,000 people write Harambe? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Also, okay. That's the, the amount of privilege that is involved in doing that truly blows my mind. Yeah, like to make your- I mean, there's a lot to of... To exercise your right to vote, ironically. Like. Yeah. that I mean, that defines, like, a lot of what people hate about our generation. Yeah. And I think, like, there's a certain amount of privilege involved with all the people who voted for the third-party candidates. Just be- only Ooh. because, like... Like, they're obviously, you have a right to vote, and those people are technically legitimate candidates. But also, like, America currently runs on a two-party system, basically. We have other parties, but they never win a single yeah. state. And so it's like, if you... If you're not voting for one of those two candidates, you're letting whoever the worst one is, whoever you think that is, you're basically casting a vote in their favor. And in this case, I feel like, I mean, that was Trump. It was Trump. He was the worst one. He's the worst one, I will say it. Yeah, Everyone knows definitely. what I think. Yeah. Um, I know there's people in the country, people in our school, and our community that think that it's great that he won, but he, to me, is evil. Um, yeah. And base, any time, any, all the people that voted for Gary Johnson or Jill Stein, which is... A lot, like hundreds of thousands of people, not enough to tip the scales in either of their favors, even by a long shot. But enough, like the amount of people that voted for the third party candidates was the margin by which Hillary lost. Especially like in Florida, I think it was like 130,000 people voted for Gary Johnson and she lost by 100,000 votes to Trump or something crazy like that. And it was just like, if those people had swallowed their pride and been like, and voted for what they believe to be the lesser of two evils, which I still think is a little bit crazy in this circumstance just because like no politician is perfect and like mm-hmm. I don't think Hillary Clinton is evil I don't think that she's like I mean I, yeah I don't think she's perfect but I don't think she's evil I think she's done a lot of good things and I think she's really qualified and I think it's heartbreaking that she lost yeah um and I feel like if people just swallowed their pride and just been like you know what now is not the time for my protest now is the time for me to stop Donald Trump from being elected so I'm going to cast my vote for Hillary Clinton even though it's not maybe what I wanted or envisioned for myself yeah. in this election and she would have won, and it would have been 
her presidency would have been remarkably similar to Obama's. And I guess a lot of people are disappointed in that, but he was making so much progress. Like, people think he didn't change. Like, so many people are like, oh, he didn't change anything. Like, he yeah, didn't I hear that. Anything. I hear that all the time. And it's like, we were in like one of the worst recessions in American history when he took office, and he pulled, pull, friggin' pulled us out of it. He created jobs. He brought soldiers home. Like he did so much amazing. He gay marriage. Like that wasn't all him, but like it was under his reign that that happened. Yeah. And like when people say like he didn't do any, like dude, he did a lot of stuff. Yeah. He did a lot of Obamacare, I, I was which is flawed. Say, yeah. Very flawed program, but still like huge that he managed even to pull it off. Yeah, I've been talking a lot. No, so. it's just like, it's fucked up. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I remember, like, because I voted for Bernie Sanders in the primary. Me too. And, like, I, like I'm not a Democrat. And I, I registered as a Democrat because I wanted to vote in the primary. Um, and I'm, I don't know. Like, I'm not a political person. Like, po- politics really just, like, bum me out. And, um, but I was just talking about... Oh, I gotta go let these guys in. So, a thing that I was thinking about for the third party candidates that I learned back in AP Gov that you probably know and I'm just reiterating to you is that like people vote for third party candidates because they they're more voting for their ideas the third party candidates ideas and what will often happen is that the president will if a third party candidate's really popular the democratic or republican candidate will take some of their ideas and implant them. Exactly. And I totally think that's good and valid. And like, I know people who like, <clears throat> one of my friends said like, you know, I, I, I would vote third party if it wasn't this election. Exactly, exactly. And this was just an election that it was not, it was just so not the time. Yeah, exactly. It, I mean, I guess if you live in California. Oh which yeah, sure, maybe in California. Totally blue. Yeah. For, uh, Mackin and I are from Orange County, the only Republican county in California, and they, um, and for the first time since I think 1936, Orange County voted Democratic. Oh, yeah, I saw someone. Like really? Republican. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. So yeah. like 100 percent of California voted Democratic. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's so great. Wait for senator or for for, for president? President. Wow. 100 percent. Wow. How about like uh, places like Orange County? Yeah, we're from Orange County. Yeah, yeah Orange, Orange County went and blue for the first time since first time since 1936. Wow. Orange County voted Democratic. Wow, that's awesome. I'm so proud. <laughs> yeah. So proud. And I guess like the thing about the third party candidates, like yeah, in a place like California or New York, where it was like she had that as a yeah. lock, yeah. like it may be a protest vote is fine. No, it's, it's, not, it's never fine, guys. Brexit happened, you know? Yeah. That's, that's also true. Like, I guess, like, the, there were the places, there were the swing states that were projected to go Hillary's way that didn't. Like, I was, I was, there was some graphic, I don't remember which news source it was from, but it was, like, talking about how, like, there were all these states that Romney lost in 2012, so everyone just, like, projected that it was going to go to Hillary. And Donald Trump, he just, he defied all odds. Yeah. That's really what happened, mm-hmm. is that, like, no one, probably most even... I mean, aside from his like really diehard supporters, there are probably a lot of Republicans who either didn't support him or only reluctantly supported him that didn't really think that he was going to win. Mm-hmm. They're like, he's impressing us with how well he's doing, but he can't actually win. And then he just, he defied all odds. He defied all the logic. And like, 
people who were saying like, oh, this election is going to be a miracle, like for Hillary, it was a miracle. It was just uh, for us, it's a very <laughs> yeah. sad miracle, but yeah. it is in a way miraculous because yeah. it's the odds that this happening were, were very, very slim, very slim, and it did. Vinny, just to ask, are you just recording video, or you're yeah. not you're not doing like a Facebook Live thing? Oh no no no. Okay, no. just making sure. Uh, not that that would, anyways. No. Um, um. But like going back to the whole third party thing, I think it was, in my opinion, it's completely acceptable to vote third party in California or New York in a like a very like clearly yeah. blue state. It's fine, but in Florida, if one percent of the Johnson voters had switched and voted for Hillary, we wouldn't have this. Yeah. We wouldn't even have, we might not even have Trump as president. If yeah. In Florida, the Johnson voters switched. <sighs> yeah. But why, why are we asking Johnson supporters to change their values when we can ask Trump supporters? <laughs> yeah. I guess mainly it's just because like the, va like the a lot of people who voted for Gary Johnson like might have voted Democrat in another election, but they were just like, they thought Hillary was just like this evil like a politician who was like just completely who only represented the man and was like a liar and like was all these horrible things and like did she do things wrong of course she has made mistakes in her career she has done she's done things that a lot of politicians do which is lied to get ahead that's what a lot of politicians do that's <laughs> yeah, like exactly. what people have been making fun of politicians for being dishonest for literally ever all the time mm -hmm. and yeah, so for people to act like it's a new thing for politicians to lie with hillary is sexist. It yeah. is. As is. She lost money yeah. because she's a woman. That's There's a lot of reasons that tie into it, but if she'd been a man, I think a lot of those things might have been brushed aside. Yeah, I agree. She's a flawed. I'm not going to be like, oh, she only lost. She's perfect, but she's a woman and that's why she lost. She's deeply flawed. But the reason that those flaws couldn't be overlooked is because there was a huge block of voters who were so threatened by Obama's presidency and the idea of a Hillary presidency was something they could not stomach. Mm -hmm. And I think moving... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, please. Okay, um, I think moving forward, um, just because of... Not even because of her merit, but just because of like the like the, dis the unpopularity that she has now, um, I don't think she could be our champion in the fight against Trump implementing his policies. You know, because yeah. I feel like like youths are now looking for a, like a leader or a champion to like sort of start fighting back against what could be yeah. potentially very uh, like a really bad four years <coughs> and but i don't think that clinton just because of this loss it's so it's just so devastating i don't think that she can be our symbol of um of millennial hope anymore i i agree with that <laughs> yeah. i didn't think about it that way but i do agree with that and i I just like I wonder. I was having this conversation with my mom earlier. Like, what is she going to do now? Yeah. Like, where? Because I don't think she's gonna run in 2020. Well, um, another thing learned from AP Gov is that uh, if you ever get the party vote, like if you're ever nominated for president, they won't ever, and you lose, they won't ever nominate you again because you've already failed. No. Which is why mm. I was like, something. I would bring this up leading up to. The election, like if you get the party if, nomination, yeah, you can't and ever do like it. I was like, all if like back when in the primaries, I was like, you know, Trump, if Trump got the nomination, which he did, and he were to lose, he could never run again, at least under the Republican mm -hmm. nomination, because mm -hmm. he's already failed the Republican Party. Like John McCain, Mitt Romney yeah. will never run right again, again in the Republican ticket. in the Republican ticket. Yeah, um, so it's I like Hillary won't run for president under the Democratic ticket unless something changed. Mm -hmm. This is what I remember from like <clears throat> three years ago. Mm -hmm. I just, 
it's so I was reading an article on the way over here about uh, like it was uh, an op-ed piece for the New York Times um, and I was just talking about like the way that Bill was looking at Hillary while she voted for herself and it was just like it was not just like a look of like marital love it was this look of like respect between colleagues mm -hmm. because like all throughout their relationship um, he's always been quoted as saying like what a powerful and self-possessed and intelligent person that she is and apparently he once said to her like I've met all the gifted people in our generation and you're the best and so like he like he thinks of her in this incredibly esteemed way and like she deserves that esteem because yeah. she's like so intelligent and she's so hardworking and so yeah. qualified she really is. and the fact that like one of the most qualified candidates for the presidency ever lost to, to a person the most, like, to the first to the first yeah. presidential uh, president elect in history with no military government experience that's and like I hate when people are like oh experience like that's why they should win I don't think experience is why Hillary should win no, but I think when the yeah. disparity is that large yeah. that's inexcusable mm -hmm. she was I mean she's done she's been at like every single level of government and yeah well she's dead I mean she's been in civil service for 30 years like yeah. she's she's an adult <laughs> you know what I'm saying <laughs> like she can like like re yeah I mean like I don't know like I remember just, it's just so funny being so picky, like, looking back, but I don't know, like, I just remember thinking, like, oh, uh, yeah, she she seems a little, like, I don't know, robotic or whatever, or, like, but, like, I don't, she could represent the country that I'm from, like, around the world, and, like, it would be fine. Yeah, people, <laughs> you know what around I'm the world, I, people respect Hillary Clinton Exactly. And they she respect like, the Clinton dynasty a And lot. she, like, handles her shit, and she, like, I don't know, she just, like, dedicated her life to, like... I mean, she's a career politician, which, like, that as a concept is a bummer, but, like, that's the system that we work in, and, like, she's, I don't know, just committed to, like, helping society, you know what I'm saying? And it's just a bummer, you know? Like, she really would have been a great president, you know? And in a more ideal sort of election where it's not crisis between, like, yeah, some flaws, but it's, it's okay, and actual crisis yeah. of that that is Donald Trump. Yeah. Like in a more uh, like in a better election we would have had more discussion like her foundation and her like sort of perpetuated and expanded mass incarceration in America. And that's a really like big thing. Oh really? I didn't know that. But Trump will do much worse, you know? Like I, I actually, like any any criticism yeah. I have to say against Clinton doesn't matter if you compare it to the alternative, you know? Yeah, it really doesn't. And, like, I, I, I don't know, because hmm, it's just, like... And I was talking to you about this earlier. Because like, being Mac Mossimo. Right, I was talking mm -hmm. to Mossimo <laughs> about this earlier. <laughs> <laughs> you confused All yourself. Oh, my God. Like Mac and it's fine. This is true. Um, Sorry. No, it's okay. I'm just so tired. It's just been such a long day. Yeah. yeah. Um, talking about this earlier. Yeah, just that, like, I'm not, like, a Democrat, really, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I tend to, like, m like mostly line up with those ideas, but this feels bigger than, like, oh, my side didn't win, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah, like feels... you were saying, like, it's a horrible crisis, like, yeah. this feels like a national emergency, but, like, it, at the, like, I don't want to just, I don't know, like, part of, like, there's some weird voice in my mind that's just like, oh, is this just, am I just, like, getting too upset about this, or, like... I don't or, think you are. Or people, or people, not, not like, I don't know, but everybody is, like, all, like, everyone that I've talked to today, and, like, I don't think this is just, like, some people, like, being, big being sore losers, like, this not is, like, this is, because I think, yeah. when I think about when, uh, 
it was uh, Obama and Romney in 2012. Like, this was before, I don't know if any of us could vote. I don't no. think any of us could vote. No, we were 16, we were 17. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, were still in, we were all still in high school. And I remember talking about it hypothetically. And I remember thinking, like, oh, if Romney wins, like, it's the end of the world. And it was going to be so sad. And then I remember watching it go back and forth. Like, that election, well, the, the news coverage of it, there was, like, a lot of back and forth. Like, Obama would have the lead and then lose it. As more votes came in, it was, it felt like it was kind of close. And then, there, like, about two-thirds of the way through, it became clear that Obama was going to win. And I was, like, relieved. But I remember partway through watching that coverage when it was, like, Romney in a lead thinking, like, it's, it'd be fine. It would be fine. It would be. Yeah. I would be sad, but it would be. It would be fine. Yeah. It would be like a little bit of a blow, just because like first black president doesn't get two terms, but it would be fine. And then he did win. And I was like so overjoyed. Like, yeah. Not as overjoyed as I was in two thousand eight, but and still very very excited. And it's, it's and I, he oh, Ronnie had a lot of problematic policies. Like yeah. he had a lot of problematic policies, but Definitely. Trump. I just can't even. I am I am speechless when I think of the things that he's said and done that have been excused by this election. Yeah, I think it's also I think like any coverage of Trump should be followed not followed, like there should be a trigger warning before it. Like, mm -hmm. If all mm -hmm. these women who've been sexually assaulted Yeah, that's true. Who have to have that men in the president. Sixteen women have come forward, his own wife accused him of rape. Mm. He grabbed, no. grabbed by the pussy. Yeah, like, like that. Like, I remember when that happened as just like, Trump yeah. Should be, that should be preceded by tr a trigger warning. I thought that it was over when that Yeah, happened. I thought that was like, yeah, yeah I thought it was like, all right, yeah. it was a good joke, yeah. now we're done, you know? That like, was almost like the icing on the cake of his failures. Like, yeah. yes, his like idiocy is being exposed. Yeah. Like, finally, like, mm -hmm. that, to me, that was like, it had already been lost, but it was like, like, I never entertained the actual idea of him becoming president it, until, it feels like, like, last night when, he, it, like, the poll results were coming seeing, in. Seeing, like, because I was following it on Google, like, the thing, seeing the thing say Donald Trump as president was like seeing, I don't know, seeing the words Darth Vader as president. It yeah. Like, <laughs> it he doesn't seem like a human. He seems like a character. Mm -hmm. He seems like a character. There's, I read an article. thing? No, I read an article about how uh, this election was. I think I told you about it. Was a uh, was like a Vonnegut novel. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it totally feels like that. Oh, how, do, how do those novels end? Um, um, not always the greatest. Some of them happy, some of them not happy. Yeah. <laughs> Usually there's some aliens involved. Yeah. Oh. Maybe that'll happen. Maybe. Because yeah, Trump. Maybe if it is like a Vonnegut novel, then he's just like a vessel to like an alien overlord. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. this is truly the beginning of the end. Do they have access to Area 51 now? Oof. I don't. They never reveal like what the actual like deal is with Area Fifty One. Yeah, so like yeah. he'll know what he'll know he'll know the deal. I don't know what that means. And he, the, the deal so could be oh we're looking it. for we're looking into it. I or the deal could be it. we're talking to the aliens. Have aliens in a box. <laughs> <laughs> I want those aliens in a cardboard box. <laughs> I'm playing with aliens. I'm not playing with aliens. <laughs> I know all the best aliens. I'm gonna make a deal with aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! I love aliens. I grab by the antenna. I can't open the door. We're gonna build a wall around the Earth and not let any of the aliens in. My also my impression of Trump is just me doing an impression of Seth Meyers doing an impression yeah. of Trump. Yeah. I'm not good at impressions, but that's my favorite one. Alec Baldwin is such an actor. Oh my god! It was, it's like pretty impeccable. He's been yeah. doing great. And it's Do, doing oh. good work, doing the Lord's work. Alec Baldwin is doing the Lord's work. Um. Oh yeah, have you guys read his 100 year plan? Trump's 100 year plan? What? Or, no, 100, 100 day, day plan. plan. I was like, 100 year plan. He wanted me to get away with the term limit. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, 100 day plan. I, it's one, scary. But 
Okay, really? uh, I have not. Uh, my friends were talking about it, and they said one good thing is that There's he plans to limit Congress terms. Yeah, that could be a good thing. That could be a could great be a, thing, because then if we thing. can mobilize the millennials to get the House back. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I think the Senate is pretty close. I'm pretty, last I checked, yeah, it's, it's like, like 48 and 58. Yeah. yeah, it's not, yes, fortunately, it's not like huge, yeah. but still, they still have it. Yeah, exactly. But what, sorry, I jumped on your 100 day. You no, know, I'm, I'm going to pull it up. You're, oh, okay. you're giving me time to pull it okay. up. Okay. <laughs> oh. Well, thanks for joining us here on Happy Sad Talk Thing. It's been a very long day. Um, yeah. The day started with like a lot of just like sadness and um, overwhelm, um, but like a lot of a lot more conversation. I don't know. I'm I'm just feeling like particularly exhausted right now. Um, but I really appreciate just like four of you guys coming over. Um, I think maybe a couple friends are joining us in a bit, but. Um, I don't know. It's just uh, it's hard. I get not. I, oh God. It's it's just weird because like as a. I don't know. Just like being a, a white guy. Like I'm. I don't know. There's like a lot of things I'm really not at risk for as far as some of these policies that could potentially mm-hmm. happen. Um, and it's just so. I don't know. It's just fucking. It's odd, you know. And you were but, talking about the draft thing. Yeah. And like, if we were to start I, a war and there was to be a draft, yeah, we would be like, that's that's what we would be like prime really candidates. Yeah, prime <laughs> candidates. Yeah. Hey, that Trump is so sexist that I don't have to worry about the whole thing. Yeah. Like, women might be drafted. Like, that's totally <laughs> not gonna happen. Yeah. yeah. But like, yeah. yes, we personally don't have to. Like, any societal changes don't directly affect us. But in the group chat I was in last night with all my friends. I was telling you this earlier, yeah. back and telling you, back and <laughs> we <laughs> gotta start a bunch of them. Video. A bunch of them are like LGBTQ. Yeah. Um, uh, some of them are like uh, uh, ethnic, and you know, it. They're terrified, like legitimately terrified, and I'm sure you two are also legitimately terrified. Women of color over here. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jensen's black videos from India, like... I don't, yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty terrifying. I mean, I was, uh, my dad, who is, I am a mixed race person, my mom's white, dad's black. My dad was saying that he wasn't as terrified, uh, and like, it was a little, a, a bit of a bummer just because it was like, oh, well, like, all these things he said about women, but like, I understand, like, you know, it's very difficult sometimes for like men to conceptualize that. They don't grow up with that worldview. But I was like, you know, he has said some bad things about black people. And he's like, yeah, but they haven't been that bad. They've just been like, you know, condescending and like offensive, but they haven't been like, you know, that traumatic. And I'm like, they're still like bad. He's yeah. like, but on the smorgasbord of racism, <laughs> his, his like, the things he said to black people are like the olives. And I'm like, that's yeah. true, but we're yeah, still on the board. Yeah, we're still on the smorgasbord. Am I the minority? Isn't the black world the majority? Um, I, yes. I think so. I don't think Asian Americans have taken over the vote yet. Well, Lat- well, Latinos I know in California are I like think, like generally because he needed the black vote as compared to like Muslim vote. Yeah, he did get seven percent of the black vote, which 
blew my brains. I was like, who are you? You're done. You're out of the club that no one wants to be in. How much of the Muslim vote do you did he get? Zero. I don't have to read zero percent. With what he said about like Muslim Americans, how could anyone? I mean, but there are Latinos for Trump. There are women for Trump. There are gays for Trump. And like, you know, so there had to have been like five Muslims that were like, I don't care. I want him to be yeah, that's true. I don't think there's any I, I mean I guess there's people who are at the nexus of two different marginalized groups that still I mean have, I don't know, I've yet to meet like a black super woman. Rich and for Trump. white to be <laughs> because your yeah. rationalist identity does not any in any way disprivilege you. Yeah. I don't think you have to be super rich. I think there are. Yeah, I actually. Like, think it's a poor white. This is the thing that really yeah, blew my mind. I think it's, it's, un- I think it's uneducated people. So yeah, many yeah. poor white, white people Americans. voted for Trump. So many poor white yeah. people voted for Trump, and he is not going to help them at all. He's yeah, really no. Okay. He hates poor people. <laughs> the reason, he hates them. The reason that I think a lot of poor um, white Americans voted for Trump is because. Of like the amount of unemployment and like their economic strife, and they're they're yeah. they're looking for someone no, okay, to okay, to place the blame on. And it's yeah. just like you know because of racism, like poor white people are, you know, they're, they're, from where they are, they're very racist. Like it, yeah. it was it wasn't about just employment, you know, like Trump's policies were much worse than Hillary. Yeah. In terms yeah. of employment, it was a way to direct their anger. Yeah. And their racism. That's always been a problem. Is yeah, that it's been like supported by the KKK? They, they yeah. yeah. by the KKK. Yeah. Yeah. That's been a problem for so long. Like just with poor white people feeling disenfranchised because what ha- like and then placing like, their anger in the wrong yeah, place. Yeah, women and minorities have always been oppressed because of the because of their women and minorities and yeah. like the LGBTQ community for the same reasons. But then poor white people, they're like, wait, I'm white. I get to be on, why aren't I on top? That's what I see everywhere is people that look like me on top, but I'm not getting a piece of the pie. So they get mad and they put all their anger on people that don't look like them and don't act like them. And so those are the people that are supporting Trump, even though Hillary probably would have helped them. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how effective she would have been, like, especially in the first term, but like she would have been making steps to help them because she would want to help poor people in general. Um, but Trump is not the champion of these people. They just yeah. think that he is. and. I mean, hopefully they'll they'll get disgruntled enough with how much he doesn't help them that he can't get a second term, or he'll get impeached. Maybe who knows? Actually, <laughs> not gonna work. Yeah, no, I hope so. But actually, one of the things in his first hundred days was um, was tax cuts, which yeah, he's a- raising taxes on the middle class. No, he's wait. That's what my mom said this morning. That's I don't know not, where she got that information. Yeah, from. no, she said she's cutting. He's says. cutting taxes for the rich. I think I saw something. Kind of gonna he's cutting taxes. He is cutting taxes. <laughs> <laughs> he is cutting taxes for the rich, but he's also. Um, I, it says somewhere in the 100-day plan that um, the, the biggest tax cuts are going to be on the middle class, which would be a good thing if that was the only thing on his list, you know? I saw <laughs> something that was like, uh, tax cut, I don't remember if it's true or not. That, you know, like, yeah. what about healthcare? What about Yeah, he's repealing education. Obamacare. Like, one of, literally, there's an entire bullet point that's dedicated, I'm going to get rid of all the stuff that Obama's done. Like, he actually, like, said that. He's, um, he's doing a lot. He's just doing a lot of bad stuff. He's, um, he's, like, undoing a lot of what the EPA has been doing. Like, he's gonna lift a lot of the restrictions on using, uh, like, oil and coal and stuff like that. And the, uh, the pipeline. And, yeah, the he, pipeline is, is, it's mentioned in his plan he's what? gonna keep going for the Keystone Pipeline. Which no, is awful. I, I think yeah. it may sound like we're cribbing, but it's, like, so important to talk about this. Like, political involvement is so crucial. And yeah. What was the term that you used that, that made it sound like we're cribbing? 
Cribbing? I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. Cribbing? No. Cribbing? What's like complaining? Cribbing? Yeah, that's oh, okay. Cribbing. <laughs> I'm gonna crib. Ah. <laughs> Nagging. Nagging and complaining. Mm. Okay. Uh, yeah. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's important that we are, we are aware of this, we educate it. Mm. We're wasting our frustration because and we're in a community setting and talking about yeah. it yeah. and educating each other and discussing our opinions exchanging views one of the scariest things to me and once me and Masa were talking about this again <laughs> earlier it's just like the the general just like divisiveness like there's just like the tension i saw stephen colbert talking about that he was saying that like four in ten americans believe that the other side's political views are dangerous to yeah the, or like a threat yeah. to the country's safety so exactly and that's Truly wild. Like, yeah. fucking wild. We're like more okay. divided than we've been in hundreds of years. One is, yeah. okay, I, I agree with that, but one is racist fear while the other is like legitimate fear for your livelihood. Yeah. So when we say divisiveness, we have to like understand. Oh, of course. That, yeah. Yeah. And, like, it's not that either side have their problems. Divided. It's that one side has its problems, but is generally doing their thing, and then the other side is scarily devoted to like, yeah, like old yeah, racist like, beliefs. The, basically the issue is that like the Republican Party and the Democratic Party have realigned their beliefs yeah. a lot. Yeah. And the Republican yeah. Party Abraham was, Lincoln was, was a Republican. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The first Republican president. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so their, their their beliefs have changed significantly, but the the Republican Party basically it didn't always stand in opposition to civil rights. But at one point, like, I think it started around, like, Barry Goldwater. Like, that was when the tide started to turn and Republicans... Was he a president? No, he was a, the, he was a nominee. Or he was, what, he was like, running for the... He was running for the Republican. He was, like, Gold... He's... I'm... Was he? No. Never mind. I'll shut up. <laughs> I thought he had something to do with gold standard or something. Maybe he did. I don't know. But I do know that he was, like, one of... He was the one who was, uh... He, like, kind of... His, like, run at the Republican ticket was like the catalyst for the transition of the Republican Party to being a symbol of like white nationalism, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a really great, I think, Vox article about this, which is where I got all this information from. So mm -hmm. I would highly recommend people to go search out the actual article because I'm just going to be like regurgitating it like badly. Mm -hmm. But essentially, like all of the values that the Republican Party came to stand for they are in opposition with civil rights. So even though they're, they're they're not like we are the party against civil rights, the things that they want like end up going against social progress. Yeah. And so black voters, female voters, like LGBTQ voters, they end up going to the Democratic Party just because they're not like they don't feel they feel more wanted mm -hmm. there. And so like they're, what the Republican Party needs to do is just reevaluate the things that they want and like the ways that they go about the things that they want. Because it's possible for us to exist in like a moderate two-party system where there's like actual meaningful discourse being yeah. engaged. Yeah. But and like for now, anymore. it's like I truly will not allow republicanism to stand because it's like you're taking away my reproductive rights and like you're you're not actively trying to like aid those who are disenfranchised by like crazy voting laws and like you're trying to deport people and separate families and it's like. Those things, those that goes against human rights. Well, so, yeah. gals should think about getting IUDs before. I know I've gender. been reading articles I know, about right? IUDs. If you have USC health insurance, you can get it for free, but mm -hmm. you have to. So, you, but you need two appointments. 
Isn't that crazy though? What is okay, yeah, so intrauterine devices. It's a yeah. form of uh, it's, it's form of birth control. But and right now they're covered I, yeah. by health insurance. But they're, they're not, not gonna, gonna be. be. <laughs> so like all these women are like, I need to go get an IUD today. <laughs> and like that's crazy. Also, I'm and seeing my gay like, friends being like, let's get married. They're they're long term, yeah, whereas like yeah, other forms like of birth control, like you have to like yeah constantly. Yeah. A lot of stuff is about to be. But because uh, I, I, I feel that too, and I feel that like general, like, oh, like, let's see, maybe maybe Muslims are the worst. <laughs> like, like I, <laughs> I, I, what am I trying to say right now? I don't know. All you have to do is log on to your Facebook and you'll see. No, I'm not saying like, what I'm saying is I, I feel like the division from the people that voted for Donald Trump, but what scares me is that like, like how, how we can move forward when like, I feel hurt and I feel like everybody feels so hurt you know what I'm saying and like yeah. it's not a matter of yeah like you are ta- you were talking about di- that was my shitty joke as like oh maybe <laughs> you know what I'm saying like, yeah, and I, so it's not one like, way you can do that is like but check yourself before making any shitty joke like it's because the climate is very very hmm. it's, it's yeah. a very dangerous climate and it's bad like joke for sure in danger, it's your Muslim friends who are in danger so no, I know. I, what, but what I what I meant so to say was like, like I, there's out. no point where I'm gonna start like entertaining, like racist no, ideas, it's and it's not like, oh, let's see where this goes. I was saying like, I'm afraid because like there is no like I don't see collaboration no, happening. No, it's about actively standing. I'll give you an example. I'm in a party, okay, and I'm just like so mad right now. But it's like pre-election, so I was like already really mad, and this guy made a joke. It was a joke about yeah. pushing a pregnant woman off the stairs. And I was the only one who said, dude, that's not funny. Nobody stood up for me. Nobody was like, yeah, dude, that's not funny. So I became the party pooper, <laughs> you know, the, the one who made things awkward. But he was the one who made things awkward, you know, by making a joke about pushing a pregnant woman yeah. up the stairs. Um, I was in class today, and it, we went an art show with, it was about mutilate a white artist male made a show about mutilated destroyed annihilated brown and black bodies and i asked the curator you need to give me an explanation for this like this is exploitation of brown and black bodies and their pain and my white friend who who's pretty who's pretty republican he was like why do you think this is exploitation and everybody else in class who voted for Hillary is a Republican. You know, it's pretty progressive. Nobody stood up for me in that position. Mm-hmm. And why do I, as a person of color, like, you know, constantly have to explain to white people why seeing hundreds of pictures of dead, mutilated, brown and black bodies is extremely painful, especially today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I really urge all of you to like make sure that you're friends, like any your marginalized and minority friends are not put in such positions where they have to A, like constantly ask these questions of other people or stop them or be in a position to constantly explain themselves because it's it's going to get so exhausting so fast. Like it happened today and stuff. I was like, okay, I know what's coming up for the next, like while I'm in the US because I don't know what's going to happen to me in one year after it after I get my degree, so that's what, that's exactly when you use your privilege, you know, like, as a white man, like, what do you do, because you're not threatened, if you're not threatened, you can, like, raise your voices more, and by privilege, it means that people will listen to you more than they will listen to me, because, 
before I saw their faces and like the guy who asked the question was like, oh, she's making about race again. And I was like, yes, I'm making about race because it is. And another guy was like, yeah, but I didn't even see the color of the bodies because it oh, was like boy. so destroyed. And I was like, there was not a single white body. Like you cannot claim color blindness here right now because there was not a single white body in the show. That's like, and that's, that is so important. Like, and nobody stood up for me again. Like I, I had to answer that question. And everybody else is silent. The and whole it's so painful. The whole thing about like when people ask like what do I do as a person in this position? It's like if you simply vocalize the things that the people in the marginalized groups are saying, you just repeat them. Exactly. They're automatically given more credence yeah, because yeah. when I, if, like when one of us makes a comment about like oh that's racist, that's sexist, it's like oh what a crazy black feminist, she's at it again. But like. If you were to say that something was racist or such, like, oh, well, that's that's very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> this man who looks so intelligent no, with his white skin, not, and it's like, I agree with you. that's really like I have had that experience. Some people are like, Jensen's making about race again. Jensen's doing her crazy feminist screed again. It's like because like yeah. if if we this is the other problem is that <laughs> the we, as much as women people of color, LGBTQ people, all these people, as much as we would like to lead these movements by ourselves and be our own champions, we can't because we're not, we don't have any power. We're, we've been oppressed for hundreds of years. What we need are the people who are already empowered to like, just listen to us and just retweet, basically just retweet. Just go to all the people that you know that are part of these marginalized groups and just like, be like, yeah, listen, look at what I found. This is what's happening in the world and I believe in it and I stand by it and I support it I because that's what allyship is. It's and just retweeting. That's what it's yeah. called. It's called amplifying. It's an actual strategy used by women and like other groups to be like, yes, I hear you. And like then like other women chime in like, yeah, she's right. And then mm. like people hear you because alone your voice isn't enough. So when you agree with Jess. Jensen. Jensen. <laughs> so when you say, like, oh yeah, guys. Jensen. I also agree with Jess. <laughs> <laughs> he totally agrees with Jensen. Jensen <laughs> You know, you're acknowledging her in the group as well as you're amplifying her wife. And there's like so many subgroups too, like within like the black community, like the men have like a little bit more yeah. like authority because they're men as opposed to black women. Within the female community, the white women versus the women of color. And then within those communities as well, like economic privilege plays into it. Like I am constantly trying to reconcile my economic privilege with the fact that I'm a black Jewish woman. Like these are like crazy identities, but also like my economic privilege has shielded me from a lot of the oppression that other people in those groups face. And so it's all about like recognizing where your power stems from and like using that power in whatever way you possibly can to, to amplify. Exactly. That's exactly the right word to amplify these other voices. And it's like, it's hard to do sometimes because the reason that we got into this position in the first place is not because there's a vast amount of hate, although there is a lot of hate, but also because there's a lot of complacency of white people and specifically white men being like, yeah, like it's so wrong that like people are being oppressed and people are having their rights taken away, but like my thing's good. So why would I like met, like, I don't want to like ruin what I've got going. I don't want to threaten my situation. Like I am against what's happening to you, but I'm also for what's happening to me. And so we get into this position of just social inertia because but people aren't like do you do you think it's because they don't have like faces and stories and like people in their immediate mm, not friend groups but like groups and um that they can like link these specific like identities to like people of no, color i disagree like, you don't think it's because no i'm not saying that's that's definitely lacking because as much as like white people say that people of like color like stick together and like ethnic people stick together, 
nobody questioned like what people sing together. And, like, oh no, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with no, you. No, but like, yeah. for example, like I'm in this class and they have you know my identity is like very much present because I am a very vocal person also, mm-hmm. and like in other groups also like just like one person there or just you being there like in the second night room like as a black person like me being there right now in this night group as like an immigrant person legal immigrant but like still an immigrant person like I'm trying to com- come to terms with my identity as an immigrant person like the more I realize how I'm different that uh, it makes more sense but you have a name and a face and a story even if it's just one you know yeah to deny all these other stereotypes of all the other stories you've learned like you need to recognize my humanity to then be able to apply my humanity to all these like other names and faces but most of the times I feel like my humanity itself is not recognized in the first place and no wonder there's like this disconnect between like applying this humanity to oh, no, all absolutely. these nameless faces. I think you do have a point like I mean, you know, I hate like the condescending attitude that like, for example, like every man knows a woman, right? And yeah. so like, I hate the condescending attitude of like a lot of politicians who are like, oh, I don't, I condemn Trump's comments from that horrible leaked video because, because of because my wife, that, yeah. because my daughter, because my mother, like you should just condemn oh. those comments because they're horrible, not just because of this woman that you need to protect, this like yeah. delicate flower you need to protect. Yeah. Um, but I do, as, as frustrating as that lens is through which to view that problem, like I, having those having a person in your life that you can visualize being affected by the words and actions of people in power does it makes it a little easier to empathize and that's why whenever people complain about affirmative action i'm like this is why we need affirmative action (laughs) we need to have more people who are part of these minority groups so that you can realize that they're human beings because if you go to a school where there's not people not actually yeah like if you go to a school that's like that has no uh but measures in place to like bring more diversity and not just ethnic diversity, just experiential diversity. That's what yeah. affirmative action is about. It's not about just like, oh, we need to fill this quota of black people. It's like we need experiential diversity so that everyone can understand everyone else's humanity. Yeah, exactly. You need people who are from different economic backgrounds, different racial backgrounds, different religious backgrounds, people who have lived in different parts of the world, people who are in military families, people like so many things. You need to just be exposed to as many different kinds of people as possible so that when you experience an other, you don't immediately get afraid of it and you don't immediately yeah. hate it. I, when I was in preschool, I went to a Jewish preschool, and um, there I was the, me and my brother were the only black people at, at the school, and one time a little girl who is my friend, very sweet girl, like not, no enemy bone in her body, she was four years old, she asked her mom why I have dirty skin, because she had never seen a black person before. And I didn't really even understand what the comment was at the time, but my mom was horrified, went off on the other girl's mother, she's like, I would never be racist, I would never teach my child racism, we're friends, everything's great, and it was resolved, it was fine, but it was like, that that innocent question stemmed from the fact that she had not been I was the only person of color that she was exposed to and so like that's why isolating ourselves I mean even in a liberal echo chamber but especially in a conservative echo chamber is really dangerous because you don't you don't know how to process the other and when you can't do that like you can't you can never compromise you can never move forward and like the people's humanity is being denied because you can't you they just don't they see them as just like they see them only as the color of their skin, or they see them only as the religion, or they see only as the or country the they're from. Yeah. yeah, as opposed to being like, oh, this is a human being. It's like, oh, that's uh, that's black, that's Muslim, that's mm-hmm. whatever. And it's like, yeah. then if you don't see someone as three-dimensional, that's a problem in so many areas, like not even just in politics, but just interpersonal relationships. Yeah. We project these ideas onto people all the time, be they positive or negative, and then no one ever gets to be a full person. And I do that all the time. I think when I was talking about, you know, like amplifying your friends' voices, or um, also, like, 
answering to like other white people, like uh, instead of like making your other like, marginalized friends like exhaust from answering the same questions, it's okay. important to remember that when it comes to time, like you should have the judgment to like let a woman of color, I'm just like taking our example, speak for herself, like don't speak for them, like don't speak their experiences, but you know, like by all means, like save them from the exhaustion from like answering the same question again and again, like justifying their humanity again and again, and just like justifying their pain again and again, like it was just so exhausting to explain to people in the gallery why I was in so much pain looking at these images, especially today, because there is that threat, there is that looming threat. Um, I was just curious, uh, Jensen, because you are Jewish, and how, how, is, how is, is Judaism affected any, in any way in the selection? Because I haven't heard anything about it, but like I saw, I think I saw some, obviously some Trump supporters don't like Judaism. I saw yeah. this one thing of someone spray painted a swastika on a, on a Holocaust memorial. Yeah, I mean, something. my relationship with Judaism is complicated just because as a black Jew, I have not been accepted by the Jewish community mm -hmm. at large. Um, I mean, I have Jewish friends who are like, they love me or whatever, but like, they, they or whatever. Um, but like, even, even my Jewish friends who are my friends, they often just question the legitimacy of my Judaism. Uh, they're like, oh, but you're not a real Jew or blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, but you were a bar mitzvah. And I'm like, neither were you, but you're a white Jew, so you get to be Jewish. That's stupid. Um, and so I've had like some confusing experiences with that. Um, and also like being black and being a woman had like, that's been more visible, I guess, in terms of like the things that like would affect me in terms of like a Trump presidency. Um, but yeah, I have seen uh, some articles about swastikas being painted like all over, like just basically just like uh, anti-Semitic graffiti popping up in a lot of cities. Um, but I mean, I don't, the, the thing about uh, the Jewish community is that, uh, first of all, it's very small, it's very tight-knit, and it's very well-organized. Mm. Um, and like, I had this conversation with my father over the summer, I was like, why is it that like people like see certain minorities a certain way and not others and he was talking about like specifically with the black community we were brought here as slaves we were robbed of our culture we were forbidden from doing anything associated with our culture like we were like our music was forbidden families were separated etc etc and in, it's like illegal to play at drums yeah <laughs> like, in, in the, yeah exactly like for a really long time that stuff was all forbidden and then it was when we were not in not in literal bondage, but just in figurative bondage after slavery was over and there was segregation all these other problems, our culture was like mercilessly mocked or stolen. Um, and basically the black community has been completely just like uh, fragmented by its oppression. Whereas other minority groups have been bonded by their oppression. Mm. And uh, obviously the Holocaust was absolutely horrible. One of the worst genocides in human history. But when Jews immigrated to the United States, the ones that were fortunate enough to make it here they were in really tight-knit communities, and they uh, had significant holds on certain sectors of the market, like certain jobs. Like there was like, oh, like I mean, as horrible as it was, like oh, the Jews did this job, and then this group did this job, and et cetera, et cetera. And so there were these minorities that were being oppressed, but they were being oppressed together, whereas the black community was kind of being torn apart. Mm -hmm. um, and so when you think about the whole model minority myth, which is still very problematic in its own way, what? 
the model minority myth. A lot of like Asian American groups, mm. especially, are looked at that way. And Jews, it's kind of like Asian Americans and Jews are looked at as like the model minorities. It's like, oh, black people, why don't you pick yourself up by your bootstraps? Look at the Asians. Look at the Jews. They're doing just fine for themselves. Mm. And it's like, well, they have their own problems. They have their own forms of oppression. But also, there are these groups that have these communities, and they're very insular, but they have each other. And the and black people for a really long time, their culture was taken from them as opposed to being like locked in this little bubble that like prevented them from assimilation. It was like, it was stripped away completely. Um, so in terms of, the reason I bring all this up is just to say that the Jewish community will always be discriminated against, but it will also always be this very small, tiny community that doesn't want anyone else in it. It's one of the only religions that doesn't proselytize. They don't want anyone else. They like to keep it tight. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I don't I hope that the Jewish community is not does not experience any ill effects as a result of a Trump presidency. I don't know. Uh, he's a very pro-Israel president, so mm. that's he's more pro-Israel than Hillary. So that is something. I mean, yeah. It's... Have you heard of the Museum of African Diaspora? Yes, have I've never been, it? but I want to go. It's really good. Um, is it near? It's in San Francisco. I I, actually, I went last I think like actually a few months ago and. That's when I first realized that African American people are actually like di as diasporic as I am feeling right now. Yeah. Because they were torn from their homelands. Like. What does diaspora mean? Diaspora means that you do not you're living in a place different from your motherland. Yeah, it's like a it's like a spread, like a mass spread. Of yeah. And I feel like a specific group. So like. I guess like people with hyphens, like Chinese American, Indian American, like they're all diasporic because their motherland is in a different country. You, it, they might, it might be generations apart, but it's still like their ethnic origin, origin is in a different country. Yeah, I mean, my dad has gone to Africa a few times and uh, Which he, he's been to uh, Ghana, he's been to South Africa, he's been to Liberia, might be some others that I'm missing. Um, but he went to go see um, slave uh, castles, mm. and he got to he like walked through. I guess I, I don't know exactly what the what the specifics of it is, but it's like there's like a point of no return, like the point where the slaves were like walked through, and then like once they made it through that doorway, it was like then they were put on the ships and they were never saw their homeland again. And he said he like walked through that doorway, and he was just like he just broke down crying because he was like, oh, I think he said like, he was like on the beach, and he like saw. Uh, he just he saw an African guy sitting there and just like kind of hanging out on the beach and he was just like you're here and I had to come back here and like only through an accident of history did that happen and am I any better off than you would I have been happier if my ancestors had never left and it was just like so much so yeah it is very much even though a lot of uh, black people that are in America now have been in this country for hundreds of years the nature of how we got here, I think when, especially when black people do make, manage to go back, I want to go to Africa really badly. I don't, don't know what specific part of Africa my family's from, but when we find out, we're going to do some genetic testing. I want to go back. Um, uh, but yeah, I think when, when black people do go back to Africa and they like experience that feeling, you're like, I was, I was taken. I didn't expect the conversation to go this way. This is crazy. Um, but yeah. Thanks for sharing. I, it seems so obvious, but I hadn't realized till now that like, descendants of slaves don't know where in Africa they're from. Yeah, I have no idea. And like my mom... That's crazy. My mom is, so she's a white Jew and her family's from Eastern Europe. Um, it's kind of like a, like many white people, it's kind of like a hodgepodge of European nations, yeah. like she's like Russian and Polish and all that stuff. 
But yeah, like also black people don't know how what percentage uh, African they are because of all of the racial mixing that happened via sexual assault by slave owners. Yeah. A lot of black people in America who think they're like 100% black are not. Uh, so I'm like mixed, but like who knows? <laughs> like it's yeah, it's truly crazy. Like how you, I mean, a lot of people don't really know their identity though. Like they've been doing a yeah. lot. I've seen all those ads for like the genetic testing thing. It's like, oh my god, you're my cousin. Oh my god, I'm Turkish. Like all this stuff that you like <laughs> didn't realize. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and like that's what is so upsetting about this election is that we're divided across these lines that like may not even mean anything. And they don't mean anything. Like we could all go do genetic testing. Every that's well, why we're all diaspora, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like the only thing about it, aren't we are, 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 are yeah, the, yeah, are the, <laughs> when I know I'm the least qualified person to say that, but like it's a shame because like the only people that are are like who uh, belong who deserve uh, yeah, like all the pipeline shit. But even even they uh it theorized that they walked over the land bridge. To, uh, from right. I don't know if that's true or not. But I don't know anything about that. Also, like, Alaska, is it don't, like use when you're mostly like a minority staff? Yeah, yeah. Like, it, I'm, I mean, I, yeah, I guess, no, I'm like, if there's not like, at all more, trying to claim like <laughs> <laughs> the same. No, just like clarify. I haven't heard. Uh, maybe like someone, British who's living in India uh, since. 1800s. I don't know if that's considered diaspora, but the, the diasporic struggle is like about is largely like an immigrant struggle. Immigrant struggle. Yeah. But I mean, that is a, that is the. I mean, it is true that America is like it's a nation of immigrants, and the first white people to come here were seeking religious freedom, and then a lot of the people, and then there's a lot of like angry white people who hate like, the Muslims that came here seeking religious yeah. freedom. It's like, yo, like, this is what your family did, like, 400 years ago. You need to chill. <laughs> like, yeah. I took a sociology class this summer, and I love that majority and minority is not just, like, quantity of human bodies. Mm. It's, like, actually, like, power dominated. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, like, women, like, we have the population yeah. to be still a minority. Yeah. And, like, I mean, mixed-race people are going to become the majority in, like, 2044 by some census projection or something. So, like, first of all, ready for my people to come up. Like, haven't been, some of them haven't been born yet, but they're on their way. I was, I was mixed before it was cool. Um, but, yeah, like, uh, there's a lot of demographic shifts. Like, white people are not going to be the majority in the next, like, 30, 40 years. Um, but because they still have such a seat of power, like, even though numerically... They might not be the majority. They're still, like you were saying, they're still a majority because it's like they still control how yeah. everything in this country works. And what truly is wild about that is like the rate at which uh, minority populations are increasing, and like w even with all of that in mind, like our media represent representation of minorities yeah. is garbage. Like, I mean, I, as a black person, like I think. Um, I think, like, I'm I'm really fortunate. Sorry, there's, like, like, there's like a secret dinner happening. Yeah, there is. There's, right there's, a, 
There have been like several pizzas. Like Vinny brought a pizza, I went and got a pizza. Like I got up at some point. We've all been like eating. I don't know. Like I just want to fill the people in the room. Everyone playing the home game and wondering what the fuck is. Yeah, why people keep pausing mid sentence just to allow for the pizza gesturing? And we're all being like very polite and non-verbally offering each other pizza. You can't see me, but I'm doing a lot of hand motions. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like as a in terms of like the media representation, like as a black person, like our struggle with media representation has been super highly publicized and like it's still bad but like it's getting a lot of traction but the way that like Asians and Latinos are represented on TV and in film is horrifying, horrifying. like yellow face still kind of acceptable what the actual hell like no that's <laughs> not okay yeah Tilda, oh my Doctor god strange the fact that Tilda Swinton her character in Doctor Strange just no is playing Re like rejection I reject that hour and people are like oh it's like a Celtic the ancient one like no shut up actually shut up and like stop excusing your whitewashing and just like yeah, don't they literally <laughs> actually go to Tibet in that yeah. movie yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and still the ancient one is they, they don't just to clarify they don't go to Tibet they <laughs> go to Nepal and it's it's I'm sorry. Because it's to reach the better, Chinese, though. I know it's, it's, it's I know it's to reach the Chinese market because that's a big market. Yeah, it's yeah, not that's what like saying. I mean, it's still done for greed. And no, but I've heard about this. There was a scene in the Chinese version of Iron Man. Yes, there where is. Tony Stark, where Tony Stark goes, I love China! Because, <laughs> the, like, the end of Iron Man 3 is Tony Stark getting, like, the... Sorry, spoiler, it's been out for years. <laughs> He's getting the shrapnel taken out of his heart. And if you see the Chinese version, he goes to China to do that. Mm -hmm. Like... So like, no, yeah, no. I, I love Marvel like, and no. I understand, I understand there's like there's, there's monetary reasons, reasons for everything. Yeah, and it's but it's just like the at the expense of like all of this like racial like reverse progress. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I think like at the um, I think it was at the Academy Awards when Chris Rock was the host. I think that was what he was hosting. Like he was talking about like Oscars so white and this and that blah blah. blah. And then like he made a joke about like Asian Asians. American? Yeah, and I was yeah. like, that's not. <laughs> but that's exactly what they want you to do. They want minorities to be pitted against each other so that we can't make any progress. What we need to do is band together, not let anyone be disenfranchised, not let mm -hmm. anyone be underrepresented. Mm -hmm. That happens in the arts also. It's um, whenever an institution is criticized for not including minorities, they make up for it by having a show on black culture. Yeah. Like, oh, it's done. I mean, that's it's important because yeah. like black history is important, but. Not as a sorry excuse. Yeah, don't, first of all, yeah, don't use black people as like your token. And second of yeah, all, there's exactly. other minorities besides black people. <laughs> like, I'm, like, I need just as much enlightening on these other cultures as white people do. Mm -hmm. And like, oh my god, there's just so much, there's so much divisiveness within minority communities. Like, I, the fact that like, certain groups of minorities hate other groups of minorities is just like, no, it's anti, so upsetting. The thing is, anti-blackness is built into modern minorities because, just like you were saying, yeah, that's like the promise. That's a that's an oppression we face because, like, you're told not to be like the black community. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Like, black communities told want to like you know pick yourself up and like do some good. My modern minority groups are told like why don't be like black people. It's like yeah, they, it's again like the white supremacy working against like both the that that is what's dividing both the groups because yeah. they're being seen in like really bad, they're seeing each other in a really bad light, or they're being shown each other, because when you talk about media representation, you know, how, uh, say like, even the model minority, or just like other minorities also consume the same media, where black people are represented really badly, so like that's, that's our understanding of black people, like yeah. as a South Asian, like after coming to the US, I've had to unlearn so much anti-blackness, 
which I didn't even know existed. Like I had no idea that I had all these biased thoughts and mindsets in my head. And because it's so implicit, it's like it's so deep rooted, but it's so implicit that unless like you actively check yourself and like bite your tongue, you're only able to stop yourself. Mm-hmm. That unlearning is like that's such an important thing to bring up. Like. I, there was a really big Facebook argument um, at my high school, like, I think it was like two or three years, wait, what year am I? A while ago. It was a while ago. Someone uh, made a Facebook status saying, like, if you say that you don't find black people attractive, uh, you're a racist, and get off my newsfeed, basically. Which is, like, a, a little bit incendiary to post, just, like, out of nowhere, completely unprompted, but still, like, yeah, valid. Still valid. Yeah, it was a white person. It was a white person who posted it, which was unusual. Then it was unprompted. But yeah, it was just not. It was surprising. And then uh, a it was a a white transgender person and a uh, white man commented like, "It's not racist. It's a preference." And then that started a just quite the uh, quite the disaster in the comment section. And I chimed in at one point, and a lot of black people chimed in, and a lot of white people chimed in, and a lot of feelings were hurt. yeah, I don't feel like any like like ideas are ever exchanged in a Facebook no, comment. No, Facebook comment war is always bad. Like, oh my god, thank, what a good point. <laughs> Thanks. But basically, the consensus that I wanted everyone to come to, but it was very hard to get people to see in a Facebook comment section, was that it you you are not maybe you're not a racist, but if you were, would if you would say oh I, like because that was said to me when I was like 15, one of my friends I was like asked him I was like who's your dream girl and he starts describing this girl and as a joke I go and she'd be white right haha <laughs> and he was like well yeah I don't find women of color attractive oh, and I was like and it was me and our Indian guy friend and our Mexican female friend and I was like I am melting into the floor and I make fun of him about it all the time he's like why do you still make fun of about that I'm like because that was horrible that you said that to me um. But yeah, like that's been said to me, and I've heard it said about other people and two other people. Um, and basically, it's like you might not be a racist, but that is a racist idea that is in your brain, that has yeah. been in your brain because of the media for a very that's long time, and you are responsible for unlearning it. You are responsible for not having that thought my anymore. My dream girl is like someone with blonde hair and blue eyes, and that, they don't say this color of the skin, but blonde hair and blue eyes, like. Mm finish the sentence like that's that, that's all I can like tell that person because you're like saying like that's your that's your dream girl like that's someone who you want to be with you're basically saying as a white person like you only want to be with another white person and it's like it's so like the media does so much to just undermine how women see themselves like white women too like there's crazy unrealistic standards for all women but then on top of all that like in addition to things that theoretically like you could change like you could like do this exercise and get this body, you could get this thing, like you could, if you like wear these clothes and wear this makeup and like lose this much weight, like you can be this thing. But then they're like, by the way, gotta have the white skin. And it's just like, I can't, I can't. And it's like, you feel like trash. You feel like no one is ever going to think I'm beautiful because I can't, I can't be, it's not possible. And it's like, there's so much damage done to young girls' self-esteems through all media representation of women, of like constantly being portrayed as sexual objects, constantly being like the body type that women are supposed to be changes like every day. Mm-hmm. Like we can't even keep up with all the things that we're supposed to be. <laughs> and then on top of it, it has always been white women. It's been white women with traditionally European features. It's been white women with traditionally uh, other people's features, like you know the whole like lip injections or like the big butt or whatever. Those things that most commonly appear on women of other ethnicities that do naturally appear on white women but are more common on other women of other ethnicities. Whatever it is, it's got to be on a white body. And it's like, that 
that is le leveling. It is leveling to a young girl who's like trying to like discover her self-worth and not only does she find out that it has to come from her appearance, but it has to come from an appearance that will never be satisfactory to the male gaze. Um, I was to the previous conversation about like, you know, finding your partner, like of trying to find a partner of your same race. I, this is like an incomplete conversation in my head itself, but someone told me yes, but it's like, different for say like when a black person like wants to like ha find a black partner when like an Indian person wants to find an Indian partner because you're trying to find a partner in that oppression yeah as compared to like your oppressor trying to like maintain that superiority and not like seeing through that humanity like if I feel more comfortable around Indian people sometimes because like they understand this reality like saying explaining to a friend that right now sitting in this room or okay let's take a school setting okay like USC my experience at USC and your experience at USC like sitting in the same class as a white person like it's completely different like we're on completely different reality channels like for example when like someone says something like just as a snide comment okay like about say just like about race, so like ignorant common, like my reality is like affected like in a much larger scale than like say white person reality and like sometimes they don't even notice like then someone's like gives me a Snyder or it just like refuses to acknowledge a comment I've made like my, my white friends may not, not even notice that happened because like that is not their reality or like when like women like hear like nasty comments from men like when they like when men you know just like when you're talking to when a man comes up to you and your guy friend and he only talks to your guy friend and you're just like Hello. <laughs> like I'm sure like that happens to you guys like all the time. Yeah. So or when reality, someone makes a comment in class that's very similar. To, well, I have yeah, a bunch yeah, of classes exactly. that are all male, like yeah. just because of my major, and like depending on if I say a comment, rather if a male says a comment, yeah. it's like ingenious. Like yeah, exactly. it's just like how did you come up with this concept? I'm like I've been literally reiterating this for the past two and a half so weeks. So your reality and that man and that other student's reality is very different. They're functioning on very different planes. Yeah. So when like a person of color wants to seek a partner of like the same ethnicity or the same religion, it's like a very different thing from like a white person saying, I just want a white partner because like they're trying to like they live in that same reality which is like unfortunately like defined by oppression and defined yeah. a partner in that oppression is like very different from like maintaining supremacy i think like i mean i think it's interesting that you put it that way just because and this might be because it's i'm not, it's still an incomplete conversation in my head yeah like, of course like, yeah there's a lot of nuance yeah. yeah it's very much faceted <laughs> and i think i mean i think this might just be because i'm mixed like i have like never i mean most of like the the guys I've been interested in have been white just because I've gone to private school my whole life and I mostly know white dudes, <laughs> but um, I've never like that's like race has never been a part of like what I seek out. I think largely because I don't identify as like one race and like I don't feel like I mean sometimes I kind of wish like oh I wish I was like dating like a mixed guy because that would be like cool because then we would have that understand like that's because that's even that is a totally different thing from being yeah. like just black like being a mixed race black person there's colorism there's like being not being white enough not being black enough that's a whole other can of worms <laughs> but like yeah i whenever i talk to uh people of color who like only they're like oh i only date people within my race i'm always like i'm always interested in my like i can't decide in my mind like, I'm like oh is that like just as bad as white people who just want to be with other white people but no because like you're seeking someone who understands your experience um, yeah, I just, 
I think just because my parents, like, they married in 1990 when interracial marriage was, of course, legal, but not, like, the most common. <laughs> now it's, like, way more common. Um, but yeah, now, that's just, like, not a part of my... And I think a lot of white people I know, they're not con cognizant of the fact that that's what they're doing, that they they only date other white people for part of the reason that I mentioned earlier, which is that you're only around other white people, but also because they don't realize that they're ruling out people of color. They don't know it. They, they're, they're like, oh, I like this girl, and there's like all these things that the reason why they like her, and it's like part of it is because she's white, and they don't know that that's why they find her attractive, but it's because like their family it, and society. It's not implicit. Like, I, yeah. I don't know if this is like malignant, like it doesn't like come out in the form of hatred, but it's just like what you've been trained in society to do. Like, I don't think, like, when someone, like, says something ignorant to me, it's out of, like, complete hatred. Yeah, it's ignorant. Like, yeah, it's always it's, just ignorance. It's not like Trump is like, but at the same time, like, you're, like, you're 21 <laughs> years old, you're at USC, you had your GE classes. <laughs> time to step up your game. Like, you know, you're graduating next semester, you'll be around, like, real humans and not in an education setting where you can, like, afford to misstep and, like, say ignorant things. But actively, like, and it's just, like, painful to call people out. Like, I, I don't do that very often, it's just because like, it's so painful, like, I, because, like, A, you feel the pain, and then you, like, feel, that you know, make the other person, like, feel better for, like, yeah, you have to, like, console them like, afterward, yeah, it's yeah. like, no, no, like, you're, you're great, but, like, that thing you said, don't ever say it again, okay, <laughs> oh, good talk, champ, <laughs> <laughs> it's exhausting, but, yeah, I mean, like, there's, there's such a, there's such a, uh, like, a dichotomy in the identity of, like, people who are in these oppressed groups of like, I'm sick of having to explain myself all the time. I'm sick of having to explain why what you said or did was wrong. But also, like, I like it shouldn't be my responsibility to edu educate you, but I have to educate you because I can't belittle you because that's not fair. I have to educate you because you don't know any better. But also it's like, I'm tired. I don't want to do this anymore. Can people just stop saying things that make me sad? <laughs> so it's a whole, it's a whole situation. It's true, man. It's a bummer. And like, I don't know, there's just, there's just so much divisiveness right now, you know, and like at like at the root of all of this that we're talking about, it's it's ignorance, you know, and like I don't know, that's just another way that people separate people, you know, and like and we've been um, we've been talking a lot about like the nuances of like of like the things that we say that like that they stem from a lot of institutionalized things, um, and it's been like a great conversation. It's been great to hear. Um, and then on the other side, a lot of the Trump supporters now are saying that they like him because he's not PC. I, air quotation marks for everyone playing yeah. the home game. <laughs> um, like, they're like, oh, I admire him because he, says, um, um, because he says what's on his mind. Yeah. You know, what's on his mind stems from like all the stuff Like someone validating your fucked about. up thoughts isn't yeah. like, oh, yes, yeah, that's, that's, I'm speaking the truth. That's it's not like, a good no. thing to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. How yeah. deep is the ocean? Oh, it's six miles. It's just a thing for a movie. <laughs> for all this playing the home game, uh, we were just reading Brandon's t-shirt. Yeah. I've been meaning to ask that for so long. Yeah, even lighter news, Brandon's wearing a great shirt. It just says, ask me how deep the ocean is, which is just for pity to... But it just, it feels so, like, I feel like... Just explaining why Donald Trump is horrible, like to me, it, it's just like it I mean, to everybody. It it's so it goddamn be. obvious. Yeah, like yeah. it's frustrating that it's like, wait, wait, are you guys? But people on the other know. side of the thing is like, it, like in an alternate reality, there's, or even in this reality, somewhere <laughs> in a Trump voting state. There's a peep there's people sitting around a mic a podcast. Being like, yeah, like, be like, how I don't think they understand Hillary Clinton was a bastard or whatever. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's what I'm trying to like 
I, I totally feel you. And, like, that's what I've been trying to wrap my brain around. Like, is there some kind of common ground? Like, is this just people, like... I don't know, it's just this classic, like, oh, Democrat versus Republican. This is no, this is not. Yeah. This is no, fucking different, and, like, so, like, it feels very different. Maybe and, like, the reason that there's someone in the middle, like, we were talking uh, earlier. I would love, <laughs> it's called, like, Sappy Had Conversation <laughs> Town or something like that. <laughs> Sappy Had Conversation Town with Black and Meryl. <laughs> yeah, well, I, 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 I... No, but it's it's because a lot of, like, those, um, those states in the Midwest and the South that ended up being, like, overwhelmingly red, mm-hmm. like, they grew up in a really homogenous, like, white, like, situation. Yeah. And, like, we, uh, you guys have said so much about how important it is to have, like, a face to the experience. And yes. a lot of those people yes, don't. Yes, yes, yes. And so they're voting Republican because they don't know any better as to think of people of other races as three-dimensional people. Yeah, but it's like, uh, it's still like that, that just fails, that, that argument fails for me because like when you're calling another group of humans like terrorists and rapists, like, can, yeah. could you believe that? Like, I know, it is, it's so I don't so think he was making an argument, I think he was, was trying to explain like why like there's a lack like, of sympathy. Like, a, a sta- a, an idea. As disgusting it is, it's still argument. like, it. Like there's a reason for it even if it's, you know. Yeah, it's not a good reason. It's st- but it's yeah, yeah no, yeah. it's definitely not like. Yeah, but any any like idea plays for is like all an argument. And no, I'm not not the word argument, but I don't think he was arguing for marginalizing people. Because people have been saying that, and like I can be sympathetic to that idea only so much because mm, yeah. if you like, okay, I'm sorry, not not you, but like with mm. those people, like I'm sorry that you feel that disenfranchised, but like. But you, you know, I, I don't understand. No, I, 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 I see what you're, you're saying. Like, you, you should be able to recognize humanity, even if it's not like a part of your everyday yeah, community. Like the idea of like, oh, I didn't own like back in the day when people like they were like part of a racist institution, but weren't yeah. necessarily the ones like the policymakers are just yeah. like that's how it was back then. You know what I'm saying? And like, just like you should be able to recognize that something's fucked up, even if it's like not part of your reality. Yeah. When you're in power to make a decision, which they were, you know, when you, when you have power in your hands to change that. Mm. I also, like, I I can understand people not understanding microaggressions, like, yeah. if, like, for yeah. people, like, basically, like, the idea that, like, I can understand if, like, if a, if, a, if a man were to make a mildly sexist comment and he were to not understand why it's sexist, why person would make a mildly... But it's blatant. Ma- yeah, but, like, I don't understand if you're like, oh, I didn't get how that, what I said was sexist, but, like, you explained it to me, so now I get it. I don't understand how you can think it's acceptable to call an entire religion all terrorists. But do you, That's do, like, do you think it's lack of education, though, in those areas? It's fear. I mean, it's, it's... And, like, it's fear, fear and yeah, it's playing all fear. on all these, like... It's all fear and ignorance, and, like, it's just people... A lot of it is just people not questioning what they've been told. Is it's like it's mm. these generations of people because like I don't like to excuse older generations for their hatred because if everyone just like if everyone just like went with whatever was cool at the time, we never would have made progress. It takes people who are ahead of their time to like move it forward. So I don't like excusing that, but I will say that older generations, it's more common to have these like kind of quote unquote backwards ideas. They passed it on, and in some parts of the country, people were like, "Hey, now I will." Pa- disagree with that and I will try to change that idea for my children and then there's other parts of the country where they just digest it and they just keep passing it forward they're just like this is what my, my parents raised me so that's what I'm gonna teach my kids my parents thought that gay being gay was wrong so I'm gonna teach my kids that being gay is wrong and it's like there's other people who are like actually my parents said that but I disagree with it so I'm not gonna allow that poison to permeate the next generation but then there's some people who just like they don't question it 
But do you, do you think that stems from like something inside of someone? Like that question just comes out of like, you know? Fear, fear is something because like when I said I had to learn a lot of anti-blackness after coming here, like the majority portrayal of black people I have ever, like I had seen in the media was like, you know, gang numbers yeah. and uh, robbers and murderers. So, and the beginning, like my first I guess most semester in USC, like I just was, I had only white friends, like Republican white friends, and it was they perpetuated that anti-blackness uh, within them, and like being in that close proximity, like I, you know, I was like, okay, I'm in a new environment, like what am I, like I think in my subconscious, I was like, what are the social codes I need to learn? So I picked up on more anti-blackness, and then to, so yeah, it's ignorance, it's also fear because like. USC, South Central, there's like so much rumors about like how you can like be, you know, beaten up or like dropped. Um, it's fear, I guess, but fear of what? I had to, honestly, I had to unlearn anti-blackness. Uh, when I was a kid, I remember, I don't remember exactly what the context was, but I'll never forget this conversation. Um, we were talking about Oprah and I said, God love her. I was like eight, I think. And I said like, I said something about Oprah was ghetto. And my dad was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I just, I like, I like just repeated whatever I said. I was like, I don't understand the problem. He's like, why would you say that? And I, I don't remember what my explanation was, but he was basically saying like, do you think that ghetto and black mean the same thing? And I was like, yeah, I thought they were the same. And he was like, no, that's not what that means. And like, he had to give me this whole explanation. Like he had to teach me that ghetto and black are the same thing, which by the way, I know so many people who use the words interchangeably, which is truly crazy. But like, yeah. whenever someone does something that's like traditionally black, like that's so ghetto, I'm like, no. Well, and there's a lot of insidious like ways that like that like white people were referred to black people like even, You're so sassy. Or just like, oh, that's so hood. Yeah, so hood or like, oh it's kind of, it's more of like oh shit, the mic. It's more of a street. Thing that yeah, we're going for with this, yeah. Uh, <laughs> people, no, people all the time. I when I was in high school, I remember one of my friends said, "Oh yeah, you're like the sassy black friend," and I was like, "What? Yeah. When was I cast in this role?" <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, and one of the things that like, because we we study popular music and like yeah. these like popular music showcases or whatever, and it was just like, like so much of music history, especially like recorded American music history, like. I don't know, like, you, it's really hard to separate that from, like, social change and, like, civil rights, and it was just, like, yeah. there's, like, so many of those fucking freshman pop concerts where they're, like, gonna sing, you know, Big Mama Thornton singing Hound Dog, and it's like, we got a sassy one for you, and it's like, oh my fucking god, like, my this record means, like, cringe. And then, oh, it's like, every fucking time, and, like, there, there, that could be such a platform oh. for conversation about race, and, like, you you told me, like, we were at lunch, like, I think my sophomore year, your freshman year, and you were like, we're, like, a mostly white program playing mostly black music and not talking about it. You know yeah, it just and happens like we're just gonna pretend like this is Yeah, fun. and it's just, it's just, fucked, it's just a, a bummer because like there's, and I'm so sorry, and I just want to finish my point, but just, it's just like frustrating because like there are these opportunities for conversation and insight and they're, they're, they're like, and I think it's, all, it's ultimately laziness and, and just like you not wanting to make the effort, but it's just yeah. really frustrating when you when you get to that shortcut in your mind and just like, ooh, here's some some sass for you. It's you want like, a sass? Oh man. Uh, anyway, sorry. What were you gonna say, Vinny? I was asking you something. Um, do you guys 
Have you ever addressed that with your professor? Honestly, no. Andy has this year. Oh, a little, really? A little bit more. A yes, little, Andy. Little so bit. Well, there's like, just like a lot more black people Andy, in the new group. He's the Andy is the freshman professor, but... pop performance professor. Yeah, you're... Okay, so first of all, they're getting way better at diversity. Like, my class no. has four black people. I don't know. Your class has one? Two? Two. Celeste yeah, Celeste and Jaren. And then my yeah. class has four. And your class has like eight or something. Mm. Like, they're getting a lot better at making the program more diverse, And they showed the, the Rodney King, the L.A. Riot documentary yeah, last yeah, last, year. Yeah, last year we watched the documentary, which is called... Inform... Upri Uprising? Something. Something like that. And it was about the, uh, oh, the L.A. Riots and like how hip-hop played a role. And um, we had a conversation about race for like the first time in that context for like yeah. a half right. an hour, which was awesome. It was really, really we great. With like yeah. 200 people in the room. It was yeah, like, it was pretty productive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I... Uh, I was thinking about that because my parents make jokes about that all the time. Like whenever we, they go to like one of my shows, like not yeah. even just here, but like previously, they'd be like, "Oh, ha, that white girl singing the black music. That was, that's interesting. Like yeah. I don't know why they would choose that song when they're white." And I'm like, "Ha ha, race is silly." Um, <laughs> and then like I came here and I was like, I realized, especially the first year. Um, this year we're doing like a lot more different genres, but the first year. My class, like, barely even, we go in chronological order for the uh, the first year. We start in the 50s, work up to uh, classic rock. Um, and uh, my class only did one week of classic rock as opposed to an entire quarter. So we spent the entire year doing, like, uh, like early pop and, like, uh, Motown and funk, which is dominated by black artists. Some of the writers were white and, like, some of the, like, the record labels were white people exploring black artists. But it was a black artist, black music. Um... And my class is uh, almost is almost all white, and it was just like really crazy for the entire year. For you? Yeah, it was just really interesting. And like one time, one of my friends made a comment, which was she meant it in the best possible way. She's like, "I wish I was born black, so I just like could sing with more soul." And I was just like, "I've heard a lot of people say that." I don't know about that one. Like, there's a lot of black people yeah. who can't sing, and there's a lot of white people with soul. So. <laughs> One of the things that my percussion teacher says a lot, and he's from Venezuela, is just that, like, music belongs to humans, and, like, he is just, like, a big proponent of, like, playing with authenticity, like, has nothing to do with being from a specific country, and, like, he, he'll be teaching us, like, about a lot of different styles of Latin music, and he'll just be like, I know my friend who's, like, from the Ukraine who plays, like, Brazilian music, like, better yeah. than most Brazilians, you know what I'm saying? And, like, that's always, like, a really empowering thing. And, like, even when, like, someone like Prince or David Bowie died, like, the fact that... It had nothing to do with class or race, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And, and just because, like, music, I mean, and art just has that ability to reach people. And, like, so, like, obviously, ideally, like, I don't know. I'm not saying, like, like, yeah, like, music does belong to people. But, like, when it's intertwined with, with its history and it's, like... Yeah, you can't divorce know, it from its history. You can't either. divorce it from history and, you, and you, you shouldn't ignore that conversation. Nor should you say, like, oh, like, you know music belongs to this specific group of people like that's that's not true but to like divorce it from the history and and like remain ignorant about it also is, like uh, at like a true. compositional level like my dad he's really into african music and so he'll play music from like all different parts of africa like like pop music and like it sounds a lot like american like hip-hop like though like like their hip-hop is very similar to our hip-hop and like partially because of american influence but also just because of like innately like, they'll, they'll also have music that's, like, specifically, like, African folk music, but it'll be, like, it'll sound like blues, mm -hmm. like American blues. And, like, he'll play me music from, like, back in the 20th century that was, like, developing at the same time, like, the American blues tradition and, like, jazz, all that stuff was developing, happening at the same time in Africa, same ba ethnic group, basically, but on the other side of the world, and it would sound so similar. And it was, like, on the one hand, like, it is innate a little bit in the people. Yeah. Like, it's like, we, like, that's how folk traditions develop, is that a group of people collectively had this innate feeling of what their culture sounds like. 
but also music does belong to everybody. So there's like it's a it's the it's a give and take of like there's like a, it's the certain people like feel it in their bones in a certain way. Like that's just part of who you are. But anyone can enjoy it. Anyone can play it. Anyone can absorb it. That's um, different from claiming ownership. Yeah, that's also true. There's a lot of the other problem with uh, whenever with white people playing black music even now is that like there is this history of like white artists Elvis. profiting. Yeah, Elvis, yeah. Eminem, who owns up to it in one of his songs. He's like, I don't remember what the lyrics are, but he's talks about how he's like he's the worst thing since Elvis. Um, to like to be a part of a and then his song White America. He says uh, <clears throat> like like face the facts. If I was black, I would have sold half. Basically, like, just him owning, like, yeah, like, white people make money off black music all the time. I do. Um, yeah. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by hydration. <laughs> just hydration. Damn. Um, what's the name of the place that you got it? Uh, you got the, the pizza? pizza? Oh, yeah. oh thank you for your business. <laughs> pizza. From your sponsored by, thank you for your business, pizza. <laughs> Um, it's this little Italian place called Pizzeria. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> this one doesn't have an Italian guy holding up his fingers and in a class. Well, one of the in <laughs> an interesting thing that I was, um, listening to the Pete Holmes podcast the other day, and he's saying that we're, like, we're living in the golden age of Irish and Italian racism. And what? it's like, what? Which wait, the, wait, what? It's, 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 uh, it's, wait, it's, it's a crazy. Wait, do you mean? Hold on, I'm gonna define it. <laughs> Jesus, everybody. <laughs> like, just the fact that you can go like, oh, that's Mario, true. I'm making the pizza. <laughs> like, that's, 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 that's true. That's fun. But in 10, 20 years, like, that could be fucking horribly yeah. racist. That's you what know I'm saying. saying? I can go like, a pot of gold. I know, but that's like. That's like, you know, I if think, you think about it, that's like the same as any other yeah. kind of like, if I were to do I mean, some like horribly racist Chinese accent right not now. not as bad, but like, someone the other day told me think, like... I don't think, uh, like, okay, Irish immigration is when the Irish people were like, at their most, like, oppressed. They're, yeah. Like, at, at the risk of being ignorant, like, that's hardly... Yeah, I guess, I think that's the I difference. Mean, I do agree with what you're saying. That's just an interesting joke. point. Yeah, but yeah. I think the difference is also, like, what happens, it's kind of similar to how, like, when women, like, ha buy mugs on, like, Etsy that say male tears, and it's like, well, how can you do that? It's like, because, well, it doesn't really, like, nothing really happens, like, when a woman drinks from a mug that says male tears, where, like, if you were to, like, have a similar, like, an equivalent joke about women on a mug, it'd be like, oh, that's reflective of, like, a larger yeah, culture like, yeah. of oppression. Yeah, because, not the same as... What, what misandry? Yeah, mis yeah mis it's like, it's Yeah, fighting it's, against misogyny does not equal misandry. Yeah, like, like, so like if someone goes, it's a me Mario, it's like, yeah, like that's like not acceptable, I get, I don't know, it's funny. I mean, to me, I I'm sorry, it's I don't, funny. I don't care. Mario I, is a racist video game character, it's true. Um, but yeah, when someone does that, it's like... No, 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 I yeah, when someone I'm not yeah. trying to say like, no, I know. guys, we should oh, spearhead the anti-Mario. I'm, I'm not saying I take any of Massimo sitting here in his Italian throne of sadness. I, I, I'm, I'm Irish, so we got both of them. Yeah. Say, no, I'm Irish as well. It was just, a, it was just an interesting. I'm, yeah, I'm super. I mean, I don't know. I'm, super I'm a, Irish. Little, I'm a little white American, but so like, probably. <laughs> I mean that. I, Anyways. No, but yeah, no, I, I understand I understand what you're saying. Yeah, well, yeah. and another, like, I was reading this Chuck Klosterman book, and he was talking oh, about, like, um, <laughs> like, who's gonna be the next Kafka, like, some, an, a writer, like... What does that mean? Kafka, like Franz Kafka. Like, a writer who was, like, he, like, wasn't recognized in his time, but, like, okay. this by in a subsequent generation, like, he's, like, one of the greatest, most celebrated writers of all time, um, and he was talking about, uh, like... 
forget what he was saying, but he was like, he was just talking about like oppression and things like that. And like one of the points that he made is like one of the most oppressed groups of all time, and arguably the most oppressed group like in America is like Native Americans. You know what I'm saying? And like we just like never hear like there there are no like prominent like Native American figures. You know what I'm saying? Like like talk about people not having a voice. Like there's like no I haven't heard a single. Like piece of like the only thing is this like this pipeline thing you know, mm-hmm. and it's just it's just very interesting when you're, like just talking about um, I don't know like like there's so much uh, like oppression and disenfranchisement there but uh, there's just like very little conversation about it yeah and it's very interesting that's something very nuanced mm-hmm. but I was. No, we only like really just like <laughs> polarize, <laughs> pull quotes. It's, it's something I've been thinking of and trying to like keep a check. Like it, it's such a it's really thing to do because language is also like very innate to our system and like how we think because like we speak much faster than like we think we do. Like you know, words mm-hmm. just like come like like just like mm-hmm. it just tumble out from your mouth and like you're not like placing each word in a sentence. But um, I've just been like reading stuff recently and it talks about like how language is actually what shapes our world instead of like the other way around, like the world doesn't like shape our language, our language shapes our world. Um, so for example, like using like correct gender pronouns for people of different sex, different genders. Um, right now in the news that there are no Native American leaders. That's like, for example, instead of like, instead of saying, where are where why don't we hear about the Native American leaders as compared right. to Correct. there are no Native American leaders. Mm-hmm. That's so I've been trying to like keep it you know, just like caution my tongue or just like my brain when I know that I'm speaking on an issue. I'm I'm I don't I don't know if I'm doing a good job or not, but like it's something that I keep in check of because mm-hmm. that again like shapes your world and shapes other people's world around you because like as someone who's respected in your own peer group if you say something you know like we, we were all like make statements about oh yeah i just heard from a friend that this and like all of us like said that oh yeah like my friend like told me this so when we hear things from trusted sources we just like accept it as fact because there's like usually there's no reason to like doubt your friend who is like a respectable trusty source so we should like when talking about serious issues or just issues which affect other people's lives to make sure our language is correct yeah or it represents another person's reality yeah honestly i need to i think i need to do that more i think being a part of like multiple groups that are like being having an identity that's like so at the intersection of like so many groups that mm-hmm. are marginalized like i honestly don't think about it as much as i should i'm like i kind of have free reign to say what i want because like I'm this or that, but like there's other groups like that are um, that are oppressed as well, and like I am in a position of power in certain ways that other groups are that other people are not, and like I still need to be conscious of like the way that I use my language. Um, but I mean, also like I mean, I kind of do though, because like I write a lot. Like I yeah. we just met today, but I have a blog, and like I post like a lot of um, political stuff. Like it's primarily like about music because I'm a musician, but like I write a lot of political stuff too because I've been I think about it a lot. Um, and I try to make sure that the language is as, like, non-polarizing as possible. And not in, like, that I won't express my beliefs, but that in expressing a belief, it's, like, 
you can't argue like it's like inarguable basically like you can't like yeah. deride what i'm saying he's like oh but the way that you said it is offensive it's like you may disagree with the content of what i'm saying but you cannot disavow the way i'm saying it that's like something that's really important to me in my writing and that's like one of my biggest problems is and the, and the reason I, I like like these podcasts are just like all unedited and like yeah. it's just maybe like two hours of me being like well let me say this like 900 ways and then you'll, <laughs> you'll get the gist you know <laughs> and and i guess your your point is that in that sort of just like sloppy just like language <laughs> that that there's actually like that could actually be like it's not it's not enough to just kind of get the idea across and that like the through the tact of it you're actually affecting what idea is going to across yeah. Yeah. I'm into that and I aspire to be more um, specific with my language deliberate um, deliberate Boom. That's a nice good word. Word. It's yeah, it's so it's so mm-hmm. good to be deliberate with like everything. Like it's so easy to yeah. not be. Like I like I know we came here to talk about like politics, but just like as a <laughs> as a human, like we waste so much time, like mm-hmm. because we're not being deliberate about how we spend it. Like like we're not deliberate in the way that we speak, we're not deliberate in the relationships. We like we just fall into friendships and right. like even romantic relationships just because they're there. I, hate that's being deliberate. Like, that's I also like that. <laughs> I think that's really magical too, because Tonight wasn't deliberate at all, and I met yeah, all true. of you guys, and it's just so great. And I feel I feel so free, and I feel this place is like so safe to talk <laughs> about these things. And you know, like, I think we needed that. <laughs> like, all of us needed that. Yeah, I do feel like lighter. <laughs> yeah, and just like to hear each other and to know that there's people listening and respecting you. So. Yeah. Me fist pumping I, like a green, but I, I'm chewing I, and I can't. Yeah, and so for all of you who are playing the home game, Max is really excited about his apartment being a safe space. The pizza is gone, except for the crusts Mac and is nibbling on. <laughs> I was seriously considering going for the crust. I was like, I can't eat a crust that no, someone else. I was also. No, no, I just, that. I literally just wanted crust, and then I was like, mm-hmm. I can't eat crust that someone else has eaten. That's oh, crazy. I think I'm enough. doing that right now. You know what? You guys all have to know. Um, yeah, I guess one thing that I've just been thinking about a lot today, and I've been kind of hinting around it, trying to get it out, but I don't know, um, like, divisiveness is the enemy here, um, and that moving forward, like, the things that we do have, like, it's... Like our, it's like I don't know, like love and caring about people and like, and and connecting even when it's like an uphill battle and like a. I don't know, like that, that like that love can be a very fierce stance to take, you know, mm-hmm. and that like. It should be a priority over saying you're right, you're right, you're wrong. Yeah, exactly, because like that, like like fear and hatred and. Um, divisiveness and isolation like doesn't lead to progress and like one thing I was so struck by in like Obama's um when he was talking about just like you know he called Trump and he like congratulated him and he's like trying to do everything he can to make sure that like to like help you know and that we're all on the same team and it's like it's really fucking hard to like love like how do you love a racist? How do you love a bigot? I was explaining that I was telling this to Mackin earlier, and you'll like this, Jensen, because it's a Vonnegut <laughs> quote. Um, in one of his later novels, uh, or it might have just been his memoir, 
uh, or one of his memoirs, he said something along the lines of, Jesus's command to love everyone was too, is too hard. We should at least try to tolerate everyone. Hmm. And I think about that a lot, That's especially so nowadays. Because it's, it's hard to love someone who you hate, but you can tolerate them and accept that they also, well, not, love, it's hard to love someone who hates you. But you can tolerate them and accept that they also deserve to live as much as you do. That's and really true. That is the only way. That is the only way they'll learn to tolerate you with tolerance. You can't intolerance breeds more intolerance. Breeds, yeah. Hate in, hate breeds hate. Intolerance breeds intolerance. I agree that so hard just because like I've been seeing a lot of very well-meaning Facebook statuses yeah. of just like. If I you just, voted for Trump, I'm, I'm deleting what's, you. What's seen that? Yeah. Like, and that, I understand that. I deleted one last night. I wrote a fuck Trump status, and then I took it down because I was like, "That's all that is doing is like making people that hate Trump like it's just like it, like yeah, yeah." It's like like a mob mentality, like at a like like moshing at a concert, like fuck yeah, hatred. Oh, like, that honestly <laughs> wasn't even where my mind was going. Oh, I was seeing no, no. I was just to follow what you were saying. I was seeing a lot of really well-meaning Facebook statuses saying like. Let's all just love each other and love yeah. love wins and all this great stuff and I appreciate that, but I don't love those people and I yeah. never will yeah. and I tolerate them and I will continue to tolerate them because they do have the right to live they have the right to live in this country and they have the right to express their opinion, but I refuse to love them because they don't respect me they don't think that my life matters yeah. and so I will tolerate them because that is the least they deserve but I refuse to love them I won't and so when people are like. Let's all love each other, and love is the answer, and peace, and this, and I'm like, yes, but also, no. Like, I mm -hmm. will, I will not mm. love someone who hates me. I will not do it. I will tolerate them, and I will never, I would never do anything that threatens their right to express those opinions, but I refuse to, like, give them a hug when they spit yeah. in my face. Yeah. I'm not yeah. gonna do that. And so, like, is, is that what, like, when people are saying... Like to show love, like what is that synonymous with? Like, like to say that, like to say that it's like, to say that I'm okay with it. Like, cause yeah. tolerance to me is like, you are allowed to say that, but I am not okay with it. To love, love is like forgiveness. Like I don't forgive those people for voting for Trump. I'm no. never gonna forgive them. I'm not gonna actively carry around hatred and like throw rocks at Trump supporters. Yeah. But like, if someone told me that they were voting for Trump, I would be like that. I would not be okay with that. And like, I wouldn't. Again, I wouldn't do anything to them. But the only thing that I need to do is just to like value their life. I don't need to love them. I don't need to do more than that. I think this is like, well, in the last couple of days, something that's just been like such a, a predicament that I've been facing just because I feel like I have like privilege in the fact that like, I feel like it's understanding, but it's like, I don't know what it's like to experience like, the level of hate and the le level of like bigotry that mm -hmm. other people I know experience, you know, and I, um, in my job, I am exposed to a lot of like, um, internet things and a lot of mean internet things and nice internet things, but a lot of what we preach is this love and acceptance and this like seeing the other other people's perspectives and like bottom line just like be a better human to one another and like show kindness and I think that 
me and my co-workers, I have to check like a little bit of my privilege in that and saying like, I'm mistaking that as being understanding and being someone who is like, it almost feels inactive. I don't know. You know I, and I feel like I am put on this pedestal because I don't feel the repercussions. Like, yes, I'm a woman, but really that's like one notch on the totem pole for like all of the god awful things like people have like perpetrated with Trump, like anti-disability, like people who are immigrants, people who have like, like who re really went to bed last night fearing their lives. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I still get the comfort of like, yeah, like I could be a victim of sexual assault or a woman or like any of these things and it doesn't put me at danger, you know? Like yeah. it doesn't put the group of people I belong to in danger. And I think like saying that like, hate bears more hate and that we should love. Like, I really, I really think that's something that I've just been, like, completely, like, I don't know how to feel it's about it, you know? It's like when the argument against pro-life is that when people say they're pro-life, they, they also have to be anti-guns, pro-education, pro-health. Exactly. Oh, uh, God, I think about pro, this all the time. Yeah. Pro, um, you know, like, at, just like you like answer that list. It, it but that's exactly how when someone says, like, Love everybody, love everybody, um, and you know, destroy white supremacy, destroy patriarchy. Mm -hmm. Like when you say love everybody, it has all these like sub clauses kind of to it. And what dialogue is appropriate then to be like? I express support to all these people, but I also see like my friends who may have voted for Trump out of like pure ignorance or because their parents would have lost businesses or like try to explain all week and I have been just seeing this dialogue of hate on them as well and like they're I, I don't think it excuses the actions of like voting for someone who is actively persecuting I but I don't know saying, you know I don't know how to what you're saying you're, you yourself are just like beautifully expressing what it means to be trying to love everybody you know loving everybody is like such a complete like steward but it's such a complicated action and by explaining your trouble with like loving everybody you're just like wanting to support but failing you know that that itself like shows your kindness to be able to reach out to all these people yeah it's really true and yeah. you know facing all these hurdles because loving everybody is full of hurdles mm -hmm. so when you say that i want to but you know how do i that is part of like you saying yeah. i love everybody and like i think that i mean just like in my sphere like no one like really close to me voted for trump but i have friends who could not be more vehemently against trump and their parents voted for donald trump and their parents even spew the hateful rhetoric that trump spews at their children yeah. and it's like how like I can't I can't tell them like don't love your father don't love your mother exactly. that's wrong yeah. yeah but like it's also I, I mean I, I don't know what to say to those people because those well, people yeah. are, like, I have people that are friends with people in minority groups or like my parents own restaurants and we have like people that have immigrated from all different parts of the world whether legally or illegally and have really close relationships with those people and are friends and then they go and preach like it's just such a contradiction in my like brain that I'm just like how do you function when you know that like like these people that are almost my family like have not seen 
like their parents in 26 years. And that kind of goes back to like what we were talking about earlier in terms of like, oh, is the reason that people voted for Trump because they don't have the representation of these people in their lives? In some cases, yes, but in some cases, no. They know someone, their neighbor, their friend, their their daughter's boyfriend is this thing that, and yet they still went to the polls and they ignored it because that, and that kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier is just that like, there's people who are complacent. They're like, it's wrong that this is happening but I'm also not gonna do anything about it. I'm also gonna just continue to let this system work as it always has. Yeah, and I think we all need to like check our lazy liberal, (laughs) lazy moderate liberalism. Like today I stood up for myself and like my minority status like three times already in like one day just after Donald Trump won because I was like, yeah, it's going to be painful, but I'm going to be louder than I've ever been because it's, it's, you know, that's why he's winning, because, like, I've been, all, I'm, every time I said something in class, I was like, damn it, I should have said this before the elections. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's time to be louder than ever, you know, like, checking ourselves, checking our friends, and because our generation voted for Hillary. Our generation is smart, and we're moving towards the future, like, and it's, this is not going to stop us. This is, this just means we have to do better become more educated and be supportive, be more supportive and of each other and just like lend each other a privilege, you know, like exchange the powers we have with each other. And I think we're doing it. Yeah. 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 That was the one thing that I took away from this was just like, now all this, now all the success that I want to achieve will have to be in spite of this leader <laughs> and that's kind of dope. Cause I get to be a freaking superhero. That happened. It's yeah. exactly what, like, it's just. I don't yeah, I wrote a blog post about this earlier. Also? What? Are you in pop music? No, I'm not. I'm a business major. No, but that's Me, exactly Rachel, what and I thought. We know each other from high school. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I was like, damn it, my art never mattered to, more wait, before. Are you Sager? No, we went to Modern Day. Modern Day. Yeah. Wait, where are you guys from? Orange County. They're all from Orange County. I'm from Los Angeles. You're from Orange County? Yeah. Where? We went to the same middle school. Huntington Beach. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm from Huntington Beach. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I'm not from Huntington Beach. Welcome to the portion of the talk where we meet each other. <laughs> yeah, no one ever said their names. Well, I walked in yeah, and everyone was talking already, so I just want to listen. I'm Jensen. I'm a Virgo. <laughs> I am. My 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 sign changed when... Oh, right, they did the new sign. Mine did too, but I don't care. I want to be a Virgo. Yeah, I, mean, I know. You were born change? under the Virgo Well, I'm sign. supposed Wait, to be a, a Libra, but... NASA found like, oh, I don't know a lot about this, and now yeah, well, there's quiet. two, there's two things. There's a new sign, so it shifts everybody's, but also like the stars yeah, have all shifted in the thousands of years since that system was developed. So like, yeah. See, I didn't know that. it's all fucked. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I'm a Virgo. Um, I'm, a, I'm a Virgo I, Leo cusp. I'm a Libra. Does that mean I'm not one anymore? I. It depends on what the actual day of your birthday is. When's your birthday? October fourteenth. Oh, I'm twenty fifth September. See, you might. Still be because I think it's shifted. That that's not a way. <laughs> well, let's do the ahead. let's do the introduction. So, yeah, so I'm, my name is Jensen McRae. Uh, episode two of Happy Sad Talking. <laughs> Sophomore, popular music major from Los Angeles. I want to say you're 22. Um, Black, 18. That's my guess. I'm guessing Massimo's episode 18, but I hey. could be wrong because I wa- oh. I listened to yours recently. Was it 18? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I was going to say something else, but I try not Sorry. to curse on the internet. Um, <laughs> and what are some other fun facts about me? Yeah, you've heard a lot of my life story. Mom's a white Jew, dad's black. I have two brothers. You're also on the... the, the well, yeah, I was on the second live one. Yeah. And I did some slam poetry. Yeah. Because that's another thing I do. I wrote a short film and some feature films and some novels. Okay, me so. too. <laughs> <laughs> so I write a lot. I'm word girl. Welcome to my brain. Ooh. I'm Vidi. I'm from India. That what else is? I'm 22. I'm this is my third third show. Woo! Yeah, yeah heck yeah. Third show. Friendship forever. Massimo. I'm Massimo Nathalie. Massimo, what's your name? <laughs> um, Wait, can I just jump in really quickly? I just want everyone to know that- Jensen, you had your turn. <laughs> okay. You've been on thousands of episodes. <laughs> That's, you're not wrong. I wrote, so I wrote a uh, young adult novel when I was a senior in high school and one of the characters' name is Massimo. And then I met Massimo and I was really The year excited. later. Yeah, I, I, exactly one year later I met Massimo and I was like, oh my god, he's real. Oh, that's crazy. So, uh, we literally been talking about empowering like minorities and giving them a voice and I'm like, Jensen, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> You've said enough. <laughs> I truly have, though. Like, I no, just... God. No, continue to introduce yourself. Napoli, episode 18, um, uh, from Huntington Beach. Uh, I'm an actor. I studied theater here. Uh, I, I wish I was a writer. I try. Um, and don't ever feel I succeed. <laughs> Shoot, pitch posh. Massimo Napoli. Mossy Monopoly. Mossy Monopoly. Monopoly. That's you, fucking amazing. Well, it's like, way better dude, than like, your name. You abandon a Monopoly board in like a shack for like 12 years. You take it out and it's all Mossy Monopoly. Mossy Monopoly. That's how he was born. All throughout middle, all throughout elementary school and middle school, they would call me Monopoly. Oh my god. How have I? I've known you for seven years. They call you Mossy Monopoly. And I've never put this together. Dream. <laughs> Uh, and fun fact, if you haven't already guessed, Jensen and I love Kurt Vonnegut. <laughs> we we think of him as our grandfather. <laughs> Not dad, grandfather. Because that's who he is. That's so true. Also, I'll, let's just to throw another fun Vonnegut fact out there. He identified as a painter or an artist. Like, when people ask him what he did, he said, I'm an artist. He yeah, didn't say he was an author. He was terrible at drawing. He, uh, he was so bad. He put his drawings in his books because no one wanted them. He was like, here you uh, his book Bluebeard touches on artistry and failing at artistry. He's <laughs> Bluebeard by Kurt Vonnegut. I haven't read that one yet, but I'll get there. Um, it's about an artist who wants to be a like, <clears throat> like one of those artists. I I'm forgetting the art movement, like Jackson Pollock, uh, impressionist, Abex. right? Dada. Yeah, abstract. Abex. Oh yeah. He wants, he wants to be that, but like he fails at it. Um, or I think he succeeds, but he's unsatisfied with it. And then, like, it turns out he's a really good, like, realist painter. Um, and it's just, like, a long story of his life. I'm sorry for gasping. I just got an email from one of my professors that a paper was supposed to be due Friday is now due Monday. So, and it's our second extension on it, so I'm, like, very relieved because I was very... This election has got me in quite a, in quite a little uh, twist. Yeah, I have a five-page paper due at 9 a.m. tomorrow, so I haven't started or thought about it. Yeah, I was so. going to say, I don't want to... We don't want to... We don't need to keep yeah. you up. No, it's okay. Like I, I'm, I just am not gonna do it. Like, <laughs> I think that's acceptable. I think it is. Did, I, you, mean, I, I, yeah. did you say acceptable or unacceptable? Acceptable. Oh, okay, cool. I'm also just for the fans at home. I'm about to take a selfie. So okay. With the, with the we guy. should continue with introductions. Yeah, oh, yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry. Get in this. Get in this, guys. Wait. 
Are you in it? Are you in As it? As I push the key, son, because I'm 12. Okay, We're got doing it. Selfie. Um, okay, yeah, got the selfie, got it in. Um, my name's Rachel. I don't, um, I am 22. I don't know what else to say about myself. I'm from Orange County. I know them both from high school. Um, I, oh, I know Mackin and Massimo from high school. Um, but I work out in LA, but I, I'm finishing up my last year at Chapman. She works out in LA, not like that. <laughs> I work out in LA. The amount of times you corrected me when I say that. Drag him. Drag him. Just makes it sound like you found like a sweet gym. <laughs> I don't like this joke. Every like, time. No one needs like, I have like the ellipticals and like. I commute from Orange County to go to the best gym I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> That's me. Um, I am. I don't know, the oldest of five girls. Mm. That's, That's so interesting. interesting. That is interesting, because I have yeah. two brothers, so like I have no idea what it's like to have Lots of women. Lots of ladies. Yeah. I, that's, I don't know. Words are hard. I know, I feel like everyone's looking at me too. <laughs> Uh, this is just, I talk about myself all the time on this podcast. That's, uh, that's enough. My name yeah, is Mackin. Yeah, skip you. <laughs> My name is Mackin, and I play some music songs for you. <laughs> 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 all right. What's up, Brandon? Um, I'm Brandon. Um, I'm from Huntington Beach originally as well, but now I go to school here at USC. Woo. You went to Pegasus? Uh, I went to Pegasus. Sword. Bright Mind Sword. We're Bright Mind Sword. Like horses with wings. <laughs> yeah, the sub motto of this one. Oh my god, stop it. <laughs> the sub motto. That's um, uh, That's cool that you write screenplays because I write screenplays too it, it, when I can, if I can. Stop it. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Oh my god, another pop kid with silver screen aspirations. <laughs> I live and breathe. That's oh fucking awesome. Yeah, that's me. Also, like, just, I don't want to, like, go back to politics because I want to talk about lighter things for just a minute before yeah, we all depart. But I just want to yeah. say that uh, I want to, Malia Savetz, who graduated last year the pop program, she just tweeted that she saw Frank Ocean at the protest, or either on his really? way to or from oh, the protest, wow. she saw him around. Hell downtown. yeah. So that's awesome. Go Thanks. Frank Ocean. That's super awesome. I just wanted to end with, like, one story that I remembered. Um... And then, well, we can all hang out, but it's just definitely... Yeah, it's getting late, so... Plenty of podcasting time. Um, but I, I was, a, I was, I was, I went to this one, like, camp through my college counselor, and, like, it's basically, like, took a bunch of, like, I went to private school, and, like, took a bunch of private school kids, and, like, in within, like, I don't know, underprivileged kids, and y'all had to, like, work together, and we were, like, planning this marathon, and, like, it never ended up happening. It was actually, like, a very weird situation. But through it, I met this one lady named Carol and she like works for this organization called 1736 and it's like basically like a home a center for homeless children and like it was started or like or heavily funded by this guy named Bill Rosenthal who was like an LA city councilman who passed away a few years ago or no he passed away last year and um like he was gonna run for president but like he he like wanted to come out of the closet and so, like, he decided to, like, he could either, like, like, stay in the closet and run for president or, like, come out and then, like, run for city council. And that's what he did. And he, like, just did, like, a lot for, I don't know, like, poverty and, like, children in Los Angeles area and did so, like, until the day that he died. And, like, so he worked really closely with this woman named Carol and he, like, came to the camp and, and spoke and, like, for the last couple of years of his life he was, like, dying of cancer and like he was just like the most like positive like loving dude ever 
and like so like Carol like called me one day and she like asked me to like write a song for him like to go sing at his house like using words from like one of his like speeches or something (laughs) and I was just like holy fucking shit (laughs) and and but and so I like I wrote something and then like went over to this guy's house and it's like this dying man who's like dedicated his entire life to like humanity you know and he was just like and he was just like he was fucking like so happy and then we just like sat and we just talked for like an hour and a half like I played him the song and he was just like oh Mac and that was great and he he literally had a voice exactly like this oh my god and his name was Bill like awesome and he had like converse and he's like I don't know he's like in his 70s or 80s or something like that and he was talking he said he was, he was like like marching on Washington like in what it was 1965 or whatever um like with Martin Luther King Jr. and cause he was just he was talking I don't know it was, he, he was expressing some ideas of like hopelessness about the current like poverty problem and homelessness issues and like he was just like fucking pissed off like he was pissed off that he was dying like cause he like couldn't he like couldn't do more you know and it was so but it was like beautiful you know it was like the most beautiful anger ever and like it was a fucking bummer because I had I had the entire conversation recorded on my iPhone like in the voice memos and then like I like my phone like broke and I like lost like a couple years of voice memos that were all like diaries and like song ideas but like the most like precious one was this like really long conversation about life with this guy Bill um but he was and he he was like on oxygen and he like he had like he had like a nurse living there and it was like a struggle for him to kind of like get up and down and um all that stuff but he was just telling me the story about like hanging out with with Martin Luther King like and they were just like sitting down and he was like you know what I was I was hanging out with Martin Luther King Jr and he said Mac and I don't know if I can change the world but it's worth it to try and it was just like I don't know it was like the most impactful thing ever you know and even though I lost that recording that's just like I don't know I forget that story sometimes but I don't know do you guys want to sing a song with me? Yeah. Yeah. what song? do you guys know the song True Love Will Find You In The End by Daniel Johnston? no now is the time for your history nonsense. Think a song in which we like just sing with you. I don't. I can't or, think of any songs. Or like something songs. we repeat after you. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. What's a, what's a song that everyone knows? I don't yeah. even know what song. Going to music school has made me completely impervious to knowing what songs me people too. know. I truly have no idea. We could sing You Ain't Nothing But A Hound Dog because we all oh, played it a million impressed. times. Oh my God. No, I mean, I don't know. It's, I mean, songs are, are dumb. But, um, this song is, like, really easy. Um, it's, like, two verses. Just sing to us. Yeah. All right, I'm sorry. No, I want to sing along. <laughs> yeah, right? What, <laughs> what do you want to sing? I'm so sorry. I, I want to sing with you. So, like, sing something or sing it. Here, I'll sing a line and then you sing it back. Okay. <laughs> and we'll do this whole song in, like, repeat. <laughs> True love will find you in the end. And now you say that. True love. You guys sing it. No, I won't tap out. True love will find you in 
asked who's your friend, you'll find out just who's your friend. Don't be sad, I know you will. Don't be sad, I know you will. But don't give up until. But don't give up until. This is a promise with the catch. This is a promise with the catch. Only if you're looking, can it find you? Only if you're looking, can it find you? Cause true love is searching too. Cause true love is searching too. But how can it recognize you unless you step out and Yeah, yeah, that was really good. Out, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Cute. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs>